Oh, we started? Oh, cool. How y'all doing, all three people listening to this podcast? We back here with the Jost and our two lovely guests. Can y'all introduce yourself? Tell me your name, where you're from, and what you do. I am Mr. Aaron Joseph. I'm originally from Lake Charles, Louisiana. I Right now, I reside in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I am currently serving active duty in the U.S. Army, and I also have my own business called Salute to Sweets, where I bake delicious goods. And they're good as hell, I'm going to tell y'all that That sounds right amazing. They good. Uh, what's up, everybody? It's Cottrell Luane here. Uh, I am from a small town, Padilla, Louisiana, currently living in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I am a professional model, actor, and now an uh, author-poet, which uh, Silent Song is available on all platforms if you want to check that out. Oh, nice. very nice. But I have to ask, you say you're from a, a town called Derry? Oh, Vidalia. Oh, I'm about to say Like the Derry. Vidalia onion. Oh, I thought you was talking about like Derry from It. I'm about to say, oh, no. oh God damn. That's out here in Louisiana? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm oh, always yeah. hearing about new cities out here in Louisiana. So like the 318 area code. Oh, so oh you it's 318. North. It's 318. Oh, I used to stay out in, uh, in Monroe. Yeah. Uh, I'm close to Monroe. I graduated from a school, uh, Black High School in Jonesville, which oh. is about an hour and a half from Monroe. Oh, okay. That's fine. That's pretty dope, That's man. That's dope. Damn, I was hoping you said Derek. I ain't gonna lie. We have so much shit to say. Got How old are both of you? Got clowns in the sewer and shit. I am 22. And I'm 32. Okay. Damn, you thir- Boy, you look like you fucking 19. <laughs> yeah, that's I what see I'm why like, he a model, man. As soon as I saw I'm like, what? Okay, about 25, probably. <laughs> I'm like, ah, he brought at max. He like 25. I'm saying, that's what I'm thinking, like, too. Damn. Okay. So... Do you model? How 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 do you model? Like, do you do part time? You like uh, what do you do? So now I'm solely independent. I started off um, in competitions. I'm Mr. Elite Model 2013, Cynthia Bailey Spokes Model 2014. Oh, congratulations! Uh, so that kind of opened the door for me. But I definitely started off competing, and I've been kind of been training my whole life because I knew what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. and always studied. Always, you have to embody who you want to become. So I always proclaimed and walked, talked, and dressed like that before I became that. Right. Yeah. So I got to ask, at what point in your life did you, like, what was the catalyst to make you realize that you actually want to pursue modeling? Uh, Oh, by the way, sorry, real quick. Just make sure to get a little closer to the mic so everybody can hear you. Gotcha. Yeah, no problem. So uh, first question. Um, My first inkling was third grade. I shot my first commercial in third grade. Mm -hmm. And uh, after that, it just kind of became – uh, a vacant thing until maybe like high school. You know what I mean? Uh, the people tend to steer you in the right direction. Like right. they will tell you, they'll remind you. And if you forget, you got the people who will remind you what it is that you probably should be doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, if it comes natural to you and it speaks to your soul, then they're probably right. So that's how I got my first inkling. Shit, I feel that. This man that's must great. be in a group chat with everybody else. <laughs> they be pop. They be pissing me off how positive they be in a group chat. They be... <laughs> <laughs> And if it's good morning, Kings, how y'all doing? <laughs> 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 you got an awful night. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you stop playing. But, yo, but that's pretty dope. That's pretty dope, man. I, I haven't I haven't met too many male models before. I think I've met two. You, you ever met Shadow I've before? I've never met any male models. Oh, my yeah, my friend Shadow's a male model. Cool, cool ass motherfucker. Tall as hell, though. Yeah. He looks like a fucking Shadow. You, it's still a woman's you know? business. It's still a woman's business. Who you telling, man? Yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah, heard, I heard they get pay like a lot a lot more oh than yeah guys do. oh yeah uh yeah tyson becker is probably uh the only guy who was able to walk on and make what forty four thousand in um, less than an hour who was that tyson beckford who's that like it's what is he supermodel the yeah he yeah, black he's, male supermodel tyson yeah, beckford. he's a black supermodel. am i the he's only one who don't know this <laughs> legend I'm the, it's okay yeah. i just recently found out about him at least you knew i'm still i'm i'm shocked <laughs> I'm gonna pull up his IG. I make oh, that yeah. Yeah. What oh, the yeah. fuck? Big inspiration. Oh my god, that's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Man, so what about you? What made you wanna 
get your sweet tooth on, man. How, how, how did you start that? Um, well, I actually started with cooking when I was about four. My dad taught me how to cook because he was at a cook in the army. And I realized that when I was about the age of, I would say 11, that I had a a love for baking. I mm. would sit down on every morning, uh, look at the TV. I turn on the cooking channel, cooking channel, excuse me. Mm. I'd watch Paula Dean, Guy Fieri, um, Bobby Flay, you know, all Ooh. inspirations to me. And specifically what was the inspiration to me was the desserts that they were making. So now I've been doing it for over 10 years and I love it. Sheesh. That's 10 amazing. years. Damn, I haven't really been good. breathing correctly for 10 years. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Man, that's that's some hey, that's one thing I, I have to give to almost everybody who come on our podcast so far. They all have a passion and they actually go for it. That's something I'm looking for right now. I know I'm doing yeah, this podcast same. and I really do love to talk to people, but I really admire people that understood what they wanted to do and fucking go for it. That is beautiful and amazing. And I have to tell y'all, I'm not joking when I say this. Y'all are a rare breed to actually do that. That's some dope shit. Everyone doesn't everyone isn't as brave to go for what they want to go for. Some people are like, oh well. Damn, I can't make like how you just said. Uh, male models don't get paid that much. Yet you fucking with it. A lot of people are scared to do stuff because the negative stuff that can happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, that's pretty dope. It's man. always yeah. like, oh, well, what are the repercussions of this? Like, if I tried this, I could fail. You keep thinking that you're gonna fail. You're going to fail because that's, right. that's all that's on your mind at that time. Right. Right. Yeah, you can't win a game you don't play, my boy. That's right. Exactly. Can I clear something up real quick? Oh, do you uh, think? I, I didn't say male models didn't make that much. Um, it's just it's compared a to game. Yeah. Compared to so male models can still make a lot of money. If you're a supermodel, you're a supermodel, right? That's facts. Mm-hmm. That's facts. But right. uh, yeah, it's still a female's game. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, right. I was referring to more like just the fact of not making that much starting off like a woman would. That's what oh, I was yeah, referring yeah. to. And now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't saying if you become a male model, you just, you're broke. But, <laughs> but that's a lot of models truth, though. They broke? Absolutely. Like starving artists, models the same way. If you go to New York, you live in a model's house, uh, and you're grinding, and you're on a contract, you, you got a lot to pay back. Mm-hmm. You have a, it's, it's, it's borrowed money. You know what I mean? It's just oh, like a record label. They hit you like a th- with a 360? Uh, 360 it's very deal? similar. It's very similar. It's, 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 it's uh, just like a record label. Mm-hmm. You can't just go out there and think, I'm booked, all the money's mine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got mm-hmm. fees, paybacks. It's like it's, it's a business. I'll so it's not as easy as it seems, but if it is your passion and you believe in yourself and know mm-hmm. what you're capable of, then you definitely go do it. I kind of wish some, I don't really, I don't really know the business, but I will hope that a lot of people will go out and like do it, try the independent way mm-hmm. on some stuff. Cause, mm-hmm. I, cause I tried to hold the thing, it work. <laughs> but I, ho- I wish people go out and do it independently. Cause I kind of feel like waiting for these companies to get you all the time, even though they do open up doors a lot, they're very predatory. It's kind of, you know, I understand you signed that deal to get where you want to go, but it's kind of messed up how they finesse you into doing it, you know? Yeah. It seems like the reason, like, they even go for that, if I'm not mistaken, is that, I guess, just to get your foot in the door. Because in comparison to starting off independently, it's much more time-consuming, much more difficult. So even though it could be some scummy practices, it still gets your foot in the door regardless compared to doing it yourself. That's a fact. It has its pros and cons. It's like... The light of it is the exposure. Uh, if you're making money, then that's the other good part. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chemistry, the networking, the relationships building with photographers, agencies, managers, casting directors, mm-hmm. things like that, which can lead to acting. Because I'm a professional actor, too. So it's mm-hmm. like right. 
but it, it starts from a commercial model. Right. So it can stem. It just depends on how well it works for you. Okay. And how you finesse the system and how well you know business. Okay. Okay. That's pretty dope. I feel like I'm about to kind of take a step back with this question. It just popped in my head to ask both of y'all. Go ahead. Um, so you both said that essentially, like, your passion for what you do came from earlier in your life, like earlier in your childhood. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Does one not does, but is one of your favorite memories have to do with your profession that you do now? Yes. Ooh, if, tell me how this happened. Well, mine came from, like I said, my dad taught me how to cook when I was four. He was a cook in the army. He was in the army for about 20-something years. Excuse me. And I remember being on a stool while we was living in Georgia, and he just told me, hey, Papa. He called me Big Papa. Hey, Papa, come <laughs> cut the onions. I started cutting the onions, I'm sauteing them for them, I'm seasoning them. Mm. And ever since then, I just knew that my love was in the kitchen. I knew how to work myself around the kitchen. I knew how to put things together. And that is my favorite memory of me in the kitchen when I was younger. Right. Oh, that's pretty dope. Whew. Uh, <laughs> all right, so for me, favorite memory. I knew, because uh, I'm, I'm poor. I've been a poet my entire life. I was a poet before I was anything else. Mm-hmm. Always loved to write. Fun fact, and I'm not ashamed to say, I actually fell. Here's how much of a perfectionist and how much I love words. And uh, I fell third grade, right? Okay. Not because I'm a dummy. I literally would, uh, I would, I would write my name. I would write things on paper. And if it wasn't perfect to my liking, I would erase it. My erase on any test, my eraser would be half gone. And I would never finish my test. Ooh, yeah, I've so, actually known a couple people that did that, too. It's, I was it's wondering a why. real thing. And it's not that you don't know anything. I was one of the smartest in class. Right. She would, just, she would tell me her name was Diane Nicholson. Oh, you Changed my life. Name. She was the one who, had nominate, who nominated me to do my first commercial. And she pushed me, but it wouldn't work. Yeah. But the thing is, she had a, um, a spelling test on a Friday, and she gave us a word. <clears throat> my mom saw early that I love to write, and I love words. And so... <clears throat> Pardon me. She taught me how to spell one of the longest words in the world. Pneumonal ultra microscopic cervical volcano caniosis. Don't do it again. Pneumonal ultra microscopic cervical <laughs> volcano caniosis. That's, that's a word. You Sp- know what? Spell it. She put, hold on. <laughs> she put that. I'm, I'm going to need pen and paper, but I can definitely spell it. I think it's 49 letters. Google it. And <laughs> she put that um, on a test for 10 extra points. Mm. I was the only one in class to get it right. Ooh, that's yeah. kind of dope. And it's man. just the that's discrepancy of the lungs. It's a simple definition. Hmm. It just relates to the lungs. And when I knew then, you know what I mean? That was like a milestone. I'm, I'm, on, a, I'm on the right track here. Yeah, I ain't going to lie. Pretty cool. To me, my reaction would have been different. I would just be like, you know, at this point, I know I'm never going to be a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> names, the names is ridiculous. Like, whoever uh, coming up with these names, they need to relax. But that, oh, is, yeah. that, is, that is crazy, though. Yeah. <laughs> that is really cool. That was, I, I kind of had something then. I, I knew. And I also wanted a math be the only black boy. The one to you know math I mean? be, mm-hmm. and I hate math. You hate me. now. I hate math. Don't give me numbers. No, really. Words and science all day. Only yeah. numbers you know, want is money. That's fine. All, that's that part. <laughs> Count. I can flip. Do not give me the Pythagorean theorem. I, I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't ah, care. That's funny as hell. Man, that's funny. <laughs> it's it's funny that I asked him that question actually. I just thought about something, and I really didn't think about this as I asked the question. Mm-hmm. I realized something. I love for talking to people. I think I actually had a really good memory like that in middle school. So they always wanted kids to come up and speak and all that shit. 
Man, I was a fucking grown ass looking thirteen year old. I ain't gonna lie to you, but <laughs> almost had a fucking full beard and everything, sideburns, looking like a, a Scottish man or something, bro. So I went up and when I talked, I was behind the stage, and a fucking teacher came back like, "Where's the man who was on the uh, microphone?" <laughs> I'm like, "Nah, it's me." Like, what the fuck? <laughs> they said you sound like one of the Hornets announcers or some shit. I'm like, "Well, damn." Oh, really? Kind of fucked crazy. up. <clears throat> and then I think everybody on the podcast keeps saying that, low key. Um, piggyback off that, mm-hmm. you do have a radio voice, and that's what I keep fucking hearing. You have a radio voice for sure. It's crazy. I'll, um, so I don't want to make this sound like I keep. Uh, this sounds very arrogant because I keep going back Bro, to accolades. So I have a I have a podcast. It's titled "Connect the Dots." Right? Well, why you? Why I you titled it. <laughs> I titled it "Connect." Well, you don't want to get on somebody else's podcast. It's like, Man, oh, no. this is who I am. I do this. Stuff, I have that. Stuff. I have this. I, that is weird. It should be gradual. Let's, let's, let it be natural. Right. You, you know right. what I mean? That's if fair. they ask you, don't get on there. You know. So anyway, uh, it's called Connect the Dots because I've learned from one of the greatest entertainers, Beyonce and Jay-Z, that it always starts from adolescent. If you can just right. go back and retrace those milestones, those things that meant the most to you, when were you at bliss? When did you feel good? When did you feel like you were in nirvana and nobody could bother you? What were you doing? What other things people tell you all the time? You write so well. You speak so well. You, speak, mm-hmm. you do this so well. You do this easily like you, like breathing. Go back and discover that, harness that, because it's probably your gift. Right. You always know at a adolescent whether you are conscious of it or not. Damn, that's I true. think that's where I'm failing. What? My memory's so damn bad, I can't oh, remember this shit. <laughs> this dude. Yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. I don't remember what I'm good at. You got to that like first. But oh, sometimes it actually just comes to you. I have I have moments where memories from when I was a young, when I was a young child that just came back to me all of a sudden which mm. gave me the clue this is where i'm supposed to be right this is, i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing yeah okay yeah you got a question you want to ask before i continue to take over this here mm. <laughs> it's funny like before this i was actually going to ask you guys if you've ever been on a podcast before but you have a podcast have you been on no this is my first one actually. that's your first podcast look at that <laughs> ceremonial thing that's wonderful man. <laughs> i appreciate you coming on this like I'm at your first podcast, for being invited, it's amazing. Come on, man, you interested in this shit? Come on, now, man. <laughs> Only the best. Only the best. Now, we gonna have Major on here next time. It's gonna be funny. Hey, Major, I'm gonna get him lit. Serious. <laughs> I'm gonna get him lit off some hennies. It's gonna be funny <laughs> as a motherfucker. Go. <laughs> Yo, we gonna get lit. It's gonna be a funny ass podcast. But you know what? That actually does give me another question, though. Actually, so you guys remember what you started? Well, like kind of where your dream started, right? Mm-hmm. So. Let's fast forward to a future time, if you can, you know, imagine that. What would you want to be remembered by from your craft? What would you really want the world to remember you for, like, for your craft or, what, or whatever? Mm-hmm. What would you want the world to remember you for? Like, of anything. You get to pick one thing. Wow. As entrepreneurs, the world, because at the end of the day, that's what y'all trying to do. Y'all trying to turn y'all gift into something y'all can share mm-hmm. with the entire world. I would say it's perfection because perfection is it's key to being an entrepreneur and to your craft. Mm-hmm. If you don't have perfection, I'm not knocking anything that's not perfect, but mm-hmm. sometimes if it's not perfect, it's not going to make it. Right. It's just a sad truth. But I would say I would want it to be remembered by its perfection, how I always remember every detail. I took my time on everything that I did. And I put forth the effort, my blood, sweat, and tears to make it perfect mm. for someone, if not myself. Well, the drill sergeant say your attention to detail. Yes. Make sure everything works out. 
That's nice. Okay. What about you? It's okay if I rebut. Yeah. Real quick. Uh, Perfection. All right. I don't think anymore. I'm a Virgo. Anybody into Zodiac here? No. I'm the asshole Zodiac (laughs) sign. So no. Okay. Yeah. So (laughs) I I I love. uh, I'm a spiritual guy. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I love Zodiac. I'm a Virgo. Virgos are perfectionists. But um, through those mishaps, I learned that there's no such thing as perfection. But I do believe in excellence. You know, I do believe in excellence. I believe it's excellence that sells your brand and that uh, uh, allows people. They need to see your mistakes. They mm-hmm. need to see you be resilient and persevere through those mistakes. And that's what consider you excellent. And that's what people look for. They want to see how you fall and get back up and continue mm-hmm. and then succeed. Oh, yeah. Pressure. I was going to say, I was actually about to ca- do a caveat off of that because I agree, actually. Perfection is one thing, but... Perfection is something to strive for, but understand right. that it's never obtainable. Absolutely. Right. Like, like he said, excellence, like getting as close to possible. Absolutely. Oh, God dang it. Getting close as possible and really pushing through over every hurdle, every obstacle, everything that's trying to fuck you up in this world and able to continue, whether you winning or losing, but pushing, that's the thing that makes you like, yeah. right. look like a beast. Aim for the moon, uh, might land in the stars. Exactly. Yeah. You got to really but to answer your you. question, uh, for me, I want to be remembered for my resilience and my ability to complete the impossible. Okay. I want to, uh, it's a lot of things depending on who you are. Mm-hmm. There's um, restrictions placed upon you by people as it pertains to perception. I mm-hmm. want to exceed those perceptions. Anything that I look like I probably shouldn't be doing, I mm-hmm. think I've done or will oh, yeah? do. You know what I mean? So you've been robbing banks is what I'm hearing. Uh, <laughs> that was the fuck I just heard. An admission Maybe in of, a legal way. An admission of guilt is what I just heard. That's what. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to take away from what you said, but yeah, I feel what you're talking about, man. That's oh, yeah, for sure. Pretty dope. But uh, hmm. that that kind of leads into another question. You, you, get, you can run it next. Let me ask this last question. Mm-hmm. Off of what you just said mm-hmm. about the fact that you're going to fail, right? Absolutely. You're going to fail. You're going to struggle. Oh, yeah. It's going to be hard. For both of you, what has what has one? What is your greatest failure? I'll just say it like that. And by, it's up to you. What's your greatest failure? I'm not even going to elaborate. Whatever comes to mind, what you got? Because I feel like sometimes, while y'all thinking, I'm gonna just say this. Sometimes I feel like people look at their successes more than they look at their failures. I understand succeeding is really fire, but all those failures that you went through will <laughs> will make you, bro. The success is just the icing on the cake, but the failures build the, stru- the structure of what you're about to become, as long as you learn from them properly. I'll just say that. I mean, if y'all don't agree, y'all can tell me. I'm just saying. <laughs> What's your greatest failure? You know? You got one? I have a lot of failures. <laughs> it's always that one. You have to experience one. a lot of those before yeah. you get that one powerful success. Mm-hmm. Get a so little like, closer to the mic. I All guess right. when, it, when it comes to your oh. failure, which one, like, really impacted you the most? Wow. Let's see. Uh. What failure impacted me the most? I think I let myself down the most when I actually quit all of my artistic endeavors, um, everything. And technically, that's the ultimate failure. And that's self-inflicted, self-inflicted failure, because that was a conscious uh, decision that Mm -hmm. I made that wasn't healthy for my uh, evolution. Progress got started. Yeah, pro- you got to right. keep going no matter how hard it gets, no matter what's happening or unfolding. You got to keep going. And I actually was, uh, and I can say this, I was weak enough to give up at that point. Mm. That was my greatest failure. I felt myself and I felt everybody who was rooting for me. Um, greatest failure. Greatest failure. I had to be, to, sh- short story, short story. Hey, do you um, think we got time? You have a friend, right? Yeah. 
no names. I, I don't even remember the name, but no names. You have a friend, and uh, before you knew who I was, your friend knew who I was and what I was doing in the business. And their friend said, oh, I remember him, but somehow he fell off. You remember that story? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's like, you remember me for falling off? That's a great failure, right? Like, out of all the things I did, you remember all what, yeah, but he fell off. Yeah, yeah. And period, nothing after that. Damn, that hurt. Greatest failure. I gave up on myself, but yeah. yeah. Woo. That was hard. Uh-huh. Then you got to rebuild? Come oh, on. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, pretty sure. hard. I would say, I would say <clears throat> mine, mine is when I started to give up on my passion. There was a moment in time where I felt like I wasn't being recognized for my art and what I can do. And I just felt like not doing it anymore. I felt like, okay, no one needs to taste what I bake. No one needs to taste what I cook. No one needs to see it because they're not going to want it anyway. I started doubting myself, and that was my biggest failure because at the moment I started doubting myself is the moment where my business actually started declining. And I didn't realize I was at the top of my game. And mental strength is a very big thing with business. You can't get mentally weak because once you get mentally weak, goes to physical, then your business gets weak. So my biggest failure was just, was saying that no one needs to see it, taste it, hear about it, or anything. I started doubting myself and giving up on myself. Man, that's tragic. That's something that we haven't had that many episodes, but we say, I think we talk about this like a random episode. You really shouldn't quit on your dreams a little bit. Really I think we talked about this uh, a little bit in the last podcast. Yeah. I believe so. You should persevere and keep it going. But I'm, I'm, it's very interesting to me how much mental fortitude goes into being an entrepreneur. And I think a lot of people, I want to say, I don't want to say misunderstand it, but don't really, don't really under, same thing, but really don't understand like the seriousness and the sacrifice you have to do to go into your business and how much it lays it, a strain on you it is. You know, a lot, I think a lot of us are so used to working for other people that we don't understand what it's like to work for our own dream. People are willing to wake up every fucking morning to work from six to six for somebody else's dream, but will fucking go to sleep and say, oh, tomorrow when it comes to their dream. I don't think people understand how tiring and how serious it is to see the light on the end of the tunnel that you don't know how long that motherfucker is, and you're just running and running. Like, I don't think people understand that, sir. No one really does. Uh, My bad, just uh, real quick. No one really understands that, but it's because we are bred to be nine to five. Like that's what we're bred to be. Whenever you try to veer off into your own path and become an entrepreneur, it is extremely difficult. It's not like, you know, you wake up, somebody makes your schedule, you make your own schedule. You got to market yourself. You do your own work. You can't depend on your coworkers. Everything is for, everything is up to you. So if you, uh, like how you said mentally, both of you guys, mentally you were just out of it. You kind of gave up on your dream. If you do that, you lost. Absolutely. Because no one is backing you up at that point. Yeah. You are the entrepreneur. You're the boss. Yeah. If the boss quit, matter of fact, nine to five, if the boss quit, everything done. It's yeah. over with. It's <laughs> true. I ain't doing shit. So if I'm the boss and I quit on myself, everything's over. Right. That's right. Yeah, it is. You, you, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, I just have a quick story. Oh, do from your thing. You don't got to be quick. That people wait till tomorrow, you know, <gasps> to follow their dreams. 
the moment I decided to, you know, claim my business and the name of my business, mm. I was literally at school, culinary school. We were sitting in the kitchen. We wasn't really doing anything. I said, you know, you guys, you know what? I'll be back. I'm going to get my business name. And from then on, that was the best decision I could ever make for myself because I've had it, I would say, if not since I was in high school, d- directly after. Okay. And I've had it since then, and it's been the best decision of my life to, g- to just take that jump and not wait for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Do it today. You, not to interrupt, but you, you was finished? Yeah. All right. Fuck yeah, you right. So, <laughs> no. So, we just had this fucking nice Airbnb on Thanksgiving. It was so dope. I should have invited everybody. I ain't going to cap. I didn't think about it. But it was so nice. But so, this is the night you didn't come. Actually, I think I said this the other day, too, on a on a group chat. So, we was talking, we was smoking, chilling, talking, having a good conversation. And I asked, and, I'm, and I want y'all to answer this question if you remember after I say this. Right now, if you had a microphone that can broadcast to the entire world, what would you want to tell the world? What would be that thing that you would want to expound, expound, like, expound to everybody in the world if you could say that one fucking thing? But let me explain to you why what you say resonated with me because my answer to everybody was I really want people to stop waiting for the right moment. That's what I want. And to explain that a little bit, I mean like this. People go through life. Y'all play, y'all play video games? Yes. Yeah, so what's the best thing? Beating the game, right? Yeah. People are like, oh, I got to fucking get to the end oh, of the yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Fuck the side stories. I'm going to do the main quest. Da, da, da. So people have this video game lifestyle where they're waiting to beat the game to enjoy the fucking game. Mm-hmm. So in real life, like you're like, oh, when I get this new car, I'm going to have so much fun. I'm going to go here and do this. Oh, when I get this next paycheck, I'm going to da da It's always a goal that's, I ain't going to say always far away, but it's a goal that skips so much. You know what I'm saying? So people tend to wait. For that perfect moment or that perfect thing that they want. So you'll be like, all right, I can start living life now. I got to get this house. Then I can start living my life. I get this car. Then I can start living my life. But in reality, I'm not going to say the struggle's fun. But don't sit there your entire life and coax through the game to wait to that perfect ending to feel like you're living. Because you're wasting your life at that point. I understand you going for your dream and stuff. But try to enjoy your life as much as possible. Because it's not promised to everybody every day. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So that really resonated with me how you said that, because that's really my that's the thing I would tell the world. Don't wait for that perfect moment. Your life begins today. And at the and at some point when your life starts, you're gonna get to that goal you want, but don't make that goal your life. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh sorry, real quick before you um continue. I just want to say there is no perfect moment that's for ninety nine percent of people. Oh, that one percent, yeah, they'll have the perfect moment where it's just handed to you. Yeah. Most people got to work for it. Yep. And that's I know it sucks. Personally, I don't like to work. That's just because I, I really just like to enjoy my time. You know what I'm saying? Just relax. I hate working. But I know if I want to get where I want to get, I have to work. Right. So I know for sure. Like, okay, if I want to get uh, to say, if I want to be top 10 podcasts in the world or some shit, I got to put in that work. We got to do at least one two podcasts a week and make it consistent if i don't do that i can't get in the top 10 so if you don't put in the work how the hell do you expect to get where you want to be you're just going to be consistently at the bottom that's right hold up all right so i i just want to say this uh, because what you said is true but but i feel i don't know i feel like we kind of missed each other a little bit Mm because what you're saying is the hard work is what you need to do to get to the to to end goal what i'm what i'm just saying is just to clarify though if we're missing each other is that throughout that hard work, enjoy your life. 
Oh, absolutely. Okay, cool. I'm absolutely. just making sure. Yeah. All right, cool. But what would, you, what would be the thing for you guys? If you guys had a fucking microphone, you could talk to every people who don't, everybody understand your language. <laughs> you talk to everybody in the world, and it's one thing you want to try to convey to them. What would be that thing you would tell them? For me, it's very simple. That's something I live by. It's just five lines. It's um, every high has a price. For every dark, there is light. Every low has a lesson. And every day is a blessing. Count it all joy. Okay. Hold on. No way. He's been. Oh, he's been. That. <laughs> that okay. That was nice. That was actually okay. nice. Seriously, though. I like that. But just to just to dive into that a little bit, do you have you want to expound upon that a little bit? Of why, where that came to you from or anything like that? For sure. Uh, I study the greats. You know what I mean? You have to study the industry that you're in. And if you look at the laws of the land, the laws of the universe, and you look at, uh, if you look at just the way life unfolds in general, you understand that nothing is free. For every high, there is a price to elevate. There's a price you pay. It could be sacrifice. You have to sacrifice something. It could be time. It could be money. It could be sweat. It could be tears. It could be family time. It could be any. You have to sacrifice something. You have to give to receive. I don't care on what caliber, what planet, what time frame, what universe you're in. You have to give to receive. That's the law of the land. So for every high, there is a price. For every dark, there is a light because everything works in polarity. Everything there's in, or everything works in duality. For left, there's right. Up, there's down. So for every dark, there is light. Every low has a lesson. It seems like a valley. It seems dark, but that's when that's your planted moment, right? That's when you go deep down to the dark, cold soil. You're being planted. It's your time to be nutrients. It's your time to reflect. It's your time to take your moments to be patient and grow through that soil. But every dark has a light. Every low has a lesson, and every day is a blessing. You got to count it all joy. There's something good, uh, and there's a gold mine in all experiences. Mm. So mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. successes and failures. Mm -hmm. It's always something to be learned to either direction you go, big dog. I agree with that. Yeah. What about you? What you got? I think my thing would be to say to the people is to let go. Like, let go of those people that you feel like you need to let go because you probably do. Let go of the negative thoughts, the negative energy, everything negative around you. And you'll see your life start to prosper and your life fall into place. That's good. Hmm. I like that. That's really good. There. Damn, I be feel like I be arguing with people, low-key, when I, when I hear people say shit. I do want to say one more thing, though, that really got me, though. It's something that Mike Tyson said. This, okay. So, Mike Tyson, so, fuck, I forgot he was talking. He was talking to someone, and he said, when people fucking cross me, cut them out your life. Cut them out so quickly. I'm being fucking nice to this person, and they tried to fucking me over, cut them out. Mike Tyson said, that's not what the fuck you do. What you do is, you continue to be yourself. Right. And he's like, what? He's like, because... The devil, he said, that's the devil interfering in my life, having people cross me, right? So the dude was like, Mike Tyson was like, yeah, so if you let the devil change you, then he's your master. If I understand there are some people who are no good to your life, but you exing out these people who you know need help sometimes, I'm not saying you have to be the greatest charity in the world, but this is something that I do. I, people be looking at me like I'm fucked up. I keep fucked up people around me, not in a close circle, but in general, because it's like that homeless person that you know is homeless, but you're like, oh, he didn't make a hundred dollars today. Why would I give him another dollar? Well, it's gonna kill you. Does it? Does it really affect your life to be nice to somebody? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So the devil wins when he makes you kick these people out of your life. So for you, you're looking at it as if you're solely helping yourself and you're making the world a better place, but you're making your world a better place 
Yes, it's like that's like you said, making your world a better place mm. because you might have that friend that's always needing something, but mm. they're never there for you. Right. You might have that person that always wants you to do something, but never does anything for you. Right. Or you might have that person that's always negative about something, mm. negative about everything, and you don't need that. Oh, I feel you. Because you don't realize it's eating at you. And you're taking it in and not realizing it. And before you know, you have this big burden that you don't know where it came from. And until you realize that you have to cut some people off, that you have to get rid of them, that you'll see everything fall into place. I I agree. I I do, too. But I feel like there's a nuance. It's not just cut them off. Yeah. It's not just cut them off. No, it's, it's not just cut them off. You know, it's a, it's, sometimes it's a process. You have to let the person show who they really are. And you just have to, you'll see that the, the relationship deteriorate mm-hmm. over time. So sometimes it just has to naturally happen. It just has to naturally, like, you guys can grow apart or they can move away. And just, like, you don't <clears throat> talk to the person anymore. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, like, instantly cut the person off. Sometimes you have to let it run its course. Have to let life run its course. Oh, I agree. I feel that. Uh, yeah, it definitely depends on the situation. I think to expound on that, I think people come into your life to to teach you something always, yeah. always. And so some people do deserve to be cut off. Some people are coming into your life to teach you how to cut off. But every do, everyone, as you said, does not deserve to be cut off. Some people are coming in to teach you boundaries. Some oh, people are yeah, trying I didn't to mean. teach you how to yeah. create boundaries. I don't, I don't want to cut you off because you are still beneficial to my life in some mm. way. But... I let you in so far deep that you're taking advantage. I need to create a boundary. Facts. Yes. And, that's what, and that's what I was about to lead into. It's not, I'm not saying to, my point is like this. If you have someone who's working for you and he's your assistant manager, he's mm-hmm. stealing for you, be, it's because you gave him that opening to be able right. to do that. You gave him the power yep. to count money. You gave him the power to mm-hmm. give people shifts and shit. Power is a key word. Power, and that's what I'm saying. So when I say you shouldn't cut people off, when I, when I think of the term cut off, that's why I say I'm not trying to argue with you mm-hmm. when I say that. It's just a you know, caveat to what you're saying. You can take somebody out of the position in your life, right. not remove them from your graces completely. You know what I'm saying? Because it's kind of like, because I'm trying to be, I don't know if you met me when I was actually like a fucking mean person. I used to be like a very fucking mean person. I don't know why I was like that. I guess because I was like so hurt in life. I like, you know, put shit in myself and put it out very fucked up. But I'm trying not to be like that. So I'm thinking more and more about how, my, what I do for people and what people, uh, how it, you know, affects them. So I've realized some people I have to get out of that position of power, but this person still needs help in in some type of way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We got we know some crazy motherfuckers at the unit yes, who kind of. They do. Mm, so you don't have to give them that position of power, like you said. Create those boundaries. Keep create that. Um, what what should we say? Like that space, that defense from you, you and this person in your direct the <coughs> direct part of your life. But you can still help this person. In a way, absolutely. Because if you <clears throat> leave a person out on their own for too long, they become a cancer to the world. Awesome shit. Because, like you said, like like I said, the devil is controlling you. They're helping yeah. you push this person further away from yeah. help yes. to make them worse. Mm-hmm. Awesome stuff. And I feel like I went on a long tangent, but yeah, that's kind of uh, what I was thinking. Could I actually right. put something in real quick? Yes. Um, I will say I think it's very common, especially nowadays for people to be comfortable with cutting off. I think if someone's genuinely like um, like beneficial to your life in any way, 
you shouldn't be so quick to cut them off. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think that um, people are human. We're all human. We all make mistakes. We all have our faults. We need to, instead of just cutting each other out of, you know, out of our lives completely, like you said, have boundaries. Yep. Like, you can be around me during these moments when I'm on this level, right? You know, I'm on some casual stuff. You know, uh, we're enjoying each other's company. We're having fun. But when it comes to business, I can't be around you during this time. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's all about boundaries. Yep. I agree. I do have a question for you, um, technically both of you. So you guys said what your greatest failure is. Now, what do you feel like is or was the turning point for your career? You're referring to after that failure? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question then. The turning point after the failure. Like what picked you guys back up from that failure, correct? Oh. Like what was the thing that made you feel like, you know what, fuck yeah. this, I as got this. As soon as you failed – what was that turning point to make you get back on track? My turning point was, like I said, when I started telling myself that no one needs to hear or see anything about my product, my business, what helped me, I would say, something in my head was just like, what are you doing? What are you talking about? What are you, what are you thinking? This is your passion. This is what you do. This is what you're good at. It's like you see yourself in your product. When you see yourself in your product, it's different. It's something different about it when you see yourself in it, where you can step back and be like, I made this. I did this. I put my all into it. I put my blood, sweat, and tears into it. And that's what helped me. I realized that I wasn't putting all this time and effort into it for no reason. I was... I'm doing it for a reason. And that's really what changed my, hmm. excuse me. That's what really what changed my mind about not doing my business anymore. Cause I realized I see myself in it. I see my, I can literally picture myself amongst millions doing this. Oh, that's pretty dope. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. Putting yourself in a, Putting yourself in every product, anthropomorphizing products, that's pretty dope. <laughs> that's the most like important that. thing, especially for something that you're in uh, when it comes to, like, catering sweets and stuff like yeah. that, right? Is you have to have some sort of individuality. Like, because everybody, like, there's so many people making sweets, right? Yes. Yep. You yep. have to be able to differentiate yourself from those people. Yes. So you got to put a bit of yourself into that. Yes, you do. Yeah. Big facts. I like that. Yep. What about you, boss? What, what you was got? the turning point after the failure? Yeah. Yeah. What picked you I'm back gonna up? I'm going to be candid here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm very competitive. I like to win. Mm. I'm a Virgo. Perfection is number one. That's all I see for myself. <laughs> so when I gave up on myself, which is the ultimate failure, I begin to see people surpass me. Mm-hmm. I begin to see people become successful who started with me. And also, seeing that will burn your ass if you're still passionate about what it is that you we're doing. Hell yeah. It will burn you in such a way that you were like, you know what? I kind of don't want to feel that again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That would ignite your fire. So for me, it was my passion was still burning. It never leaves you. Whatever it is that sets your soul on fire, you have to answer to it. And seeing it, seeing it, whatever happens to you when you see it, that that'll spark something. And I don't like uh, letting myself down. And that's kind of what I did. Because uh, everything starts with self. 
And it just, it, it burned me. I was literally enraged. I found myself literally angry and I couldn't blame nobody but myself. Right. So I, that self-inflicted anger, self-inflicted pain, I did it to me. So only I can fix it. Yeah. So that's what I had to do. It was literally seeing other people succeed that started with me doing great. And now I'm left behind. I kind of felt like that third grader that failed. You know what I mean? Yeah. It reminds you. It will remind you. It's like, damn it, I did it again. Okay. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, nope. Can't. I, third time is a charm. Who's who's to say I can bounce back again? So I have to, while, while the spark is still there. Because if you allow it to keep going, God will take what he implemented or what he invested into you. Absolutely. He will take it. Okay. This is your last chance. That's all I kept hearing. This is your last chance. See, you I love when stuff grader? come full circle like that. That's dope, man. I couldn't be the third grader again. I couldn't do it. So I said, fuck that. I think I'm going uh, <laughs> to. glad you understood. Yes, the big people, like, even after that lesson, oh, still yeah, back oh, to the. So oh, yeah. I feel like at that point, it's either maybe that wasn't your true passion, number one, or you're just not cut out for it. That part. Yep. So to, big, to piggyback off of what he said, when you start seeing people that started with you surpassing you, that's really something to think about. Like, it's really something that it'll, like he said, it'll burn your ass just thinking about it because you started from the bottom. You, you put your blood, sweat, and tears into it. You put all your effort into this just to stop. But everybody that you see did the same thing as you, started from the bottom, and did what they wanted to do. And some of the things are similar to what you want, want or wanted to do. And what you're going to do, just cry in a ball and cry? No, get back up. Start again. There's Failure is not an option here. Right. Failure is not an option. Yes, you, you, will, you will have some failures. Mm -hmm. You will have some. It's just known that you will. Of course. Mm -hmm. But it's just don't make it an option. Don't mm -hmm. make quitting an option. Because quitting is the ultimate failure. So it's the ultimate failure. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, See y'all. See y'all two are um, y'all two seem very intelligent when it comes to like stuff like that. It seemed pretty dope. So right now, with the mindset you have right now, you both are pretty far off. So what would you tell your fourteen year old self if you could, you only get one fucking piece of advice? You can't. What would you tell him right now? I would tell that boy you exactly who the fuck you said you were in the back of your head. Believe it. Y'all know the little air horn effect when they go, dur, dur, dur. I'm like, <laughs> I wanted to do that right there. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. What you got? I would literally just tell myself to keep going. Like my mom used to tell me when I ran track, Aaron, you better run and don't stop. You run and don't stop. I wanted to call you Forrest Gump just now. <laughs> I really did. Because I'm trying to be serious, but God, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, run, Robbie, run. She's telling me you better run and don't stop. And I she also used to tell me you better run and don't look back. You never look back. Huh. Okay. Damn. That's pretty dope. But like I like y'all answers. Y'all got some pretty interesting. See, this is the exact opposite from the first couple podcasts. <laughs> That's what I wanted. So I just gotta say that. It's, the, it's the exact opposite. That's what I wanted. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> That's kind of dope. And you know what? We're gonna keep doing this. I'm not even joking. Even if we have more people, if the podcast trash, we just not gonna post it. I'm sorry. We can't do that. We're trying to have a good brand that we can't do Absolutely. it. I agree. Yeah. But uh Man, you know what? You haven't been talking that much. I got a question for you. What made you want to do this podcast shit with me like that? Is this like a passion that you had when you was a kid on some shit? Like, Absolutely did you like to talk not. to people? This was not a passion. You didn't like to talk no. to people? No, I mean like speaking. Like, you'd never like to speak like talking about? No, absolutely not. Really? Matter of fact, a hmm. uh, small, quick story. When I was a kid, literally my entire life, basically, uh, elementary, middle school, uh, up until like early high school, 
I was terrible with presenting. Anytime the teacher was like, hey, you got to present your project, blah, blah, blah. I'm always just like, uh, like I'm mumbling the whole time. Even if it's a group project, I probably wouldn't speak. I just, I, I, I did, I was too shy. Like I didn't really like getting up in front of people and, and just saying like anything really. Right. I didn't like any sort of attention. Go ahead, cut in. Let, let's uh, let's bring back an old question. So what brought you full circle? What brought you around? Uh, what was your turning point? <laughs> what was your turning point, buddy? What what made you come from out that uh, level right there, buddy? Simply, I moved from New Orleans to Monroe, Louisiana. Mm. And uh, the people I was staying with at that time, Mm. uh, my mom's, like, ex-fiance, basically. uh, He, him and his family were actually the people who, like, made me come out of my shell. And uh, I will always thank them for that because regardless of how I feel about um, certain people now, it it helped me become the person I am today, and I'll always appreciate that. Yeah. Now, motherfucker, don't say <laughs> shit. <laughs> don't say shit. I was about to start talking shit. I ain't gonna. <laughs> Bye, go ahead. I will say now. Um, I genuinely like to talk, like like talking to people, to just to see, I guess everybody else like mindset and their perspective on certain things that I may have a different perspective on. Like that's why whenever somebody says some shit that. I don't agree with. I don't get mad. I'm just like, that's interesting. Like, why do you think like that? Like, I'm I'm very curious, and I want to just know more. I want to learn and understand yeah. more about the world. So this, to me, is just a good way of just being able to connect with people. Oh, yeah. you got the right co-host, too. We going to get fucked up. It's gonna be like, <laughs> nah, I'm not even joking. When I, I say that, because his whole thing seems like exploration to me when it comes to people and stuff. I'm kind of that type of person now, and I kind of try to drive people to do that with me. I low key try to force you to do it, low key. Like I like to I like to travel. I like to experience new things, experience new people. I'm all over the place. I like experiences in life because I feel like I feel like I can live the perfect life, having the family, have the picket fence and blah blah blah. But I feel like that's too straight and narrow for me. I wanna explore. Like at some point I'm gonna jump off a fucking cliff with a little bat wing thing. Let me see how that goes. But I wanna experience life. So when I die, I feel like, damn, man, I did alright. <laughs> I did alright, man. You know, cause like you are you coming on the next trip? Uh, which one is that? Uh, we either going to Japan or going camping in Iceland. What are the two? Uh, absolutely, wow. nice. Yeah. Absolutely. We going to Iceland this summer. We got fucked out of Japan this January because COVID. Yeah. yeah, we brought the tickets yeah. to like a year and a half before that. They dude. shut the whole city. They said yeah. fuck us. <laughs> no, you know what? They didn't. This what happened. We brought the tickets, and Japan was still letting people in Japan. He's like, you got to sit in a hotel for three days. I'm like, fuck yeah. I don't give oh, a fuck. I, I, I <laughs> Bitch, I'll wait, charge up for three days, and go get fucked up in Osaka. Well, let's go. But that January, they, they changed the rules to you have to stay there in the airport or at a hotel under supervision for two weeks before you can leave. Nigga, our whole trip was two weeks and one day. What oh, the no, fuck was going to be in Japan in a hotel for two weeks? I'll go go to prison because I was going to try to break out that bitch. I wasn't about to sit there <laughs> for two fucking weeks. But then here's the most weird, here's the crazier part. If we would have been able to go, we would have been fucked. Because the day and literally the time we landed is when that earthquake hit Japan this summer. Wow. Dead ass. So we would have been fucked. Yeah. <laughs> we would have been. Wow. <laughs> we would have been hit. But anyway, I digress. So, but yeah. So, I feel like you got the right person. I love doing shit like this. It's fun. I lo- I'm the traveling type. I'm going to have a lot of fun in life and the people around me, we will have some good fucking fun. Ain't that right, Josh? We didn't have some fun-ass nights at this motherfucker house. <laughs> Yo, 
gate probably permanently smells like piss, but that's I apologize for that. But <laughs> it is what it is. No, that's true. Your dogs. I would say this has been like genuinely fun so far, like meeting new people like you two. Like it's just, it it's really hard to explain. But like I genuinely feel like some sort of like excitement meeting new people and just seeing like how everybody else has lived life. Yeah. Because yep. my entire life I've like basically been alone and I've stayed to myself. So it, it's low key kind of weird. But I low key thought like I was like. Uh, technically, the only person living in this world, yeah. because Hold up, bitch, you thought we was all NPCs. <laughs> what the fuck? Basically, I'm not gonna lie. That's disrespectful. Because <laughs> I'm just like, you know, when know you living, you, you by yourself the whole yeah. time. Like the only person you really interact with is like your mom. Yep. That's what you think. Like I talked about this in one of the last podcasts. I just felt like, be, I thought I was the only person seeing in first person. Like I was the only person seeing like this. And that's that's kind of. It's made me much more interested in, um, like, meeting new people and just mm. seeing how they've lived life. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting because that's kind of my mindset a little bit. And I think you could probably, for both of you guys, if you like, on that spiritual level type shit. I, I feel like every human being within every person is their own universe. Nothing affects all of us the same. We all are different, and we all bring different things to the table. Absolutely. We, we can have the same hundred experiences right now and all be four individual fucking people Absolutely. with different life experiences. We can have the same shitty experience and all have different life experiences. Yeah, like, exactly. that'd be fucking crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a fact. This motherfucker whispering in the kitchen. <laughs> like a professional homeless nigga. You just... <laughs> I'm oh, this is this is Josh with the Inner Space Theory podcast. Though, like, seriously, I'm gonna give you guys the link. This shit's actually pretty. It's way better than our shit. I'll tell you that because he actually like writes stuff and stuff. But um, uh, I digress. You guys know what enagrams are? Like personal enagrams? No, I've heard of them, but I don't know what they are. All right, I'm not even about to go into this for a second. I'm gonna leave it alone. But why'd uh, you bring it up, motherfucker? I right, fuck it. That? I'm gonna bring. God damn it. I'm gonna bring it up. <laughs> fuck it. Let's Google it. So I can, because I don't know them all offhand. So it's easier when other people know what they are. It's like different archetypes of personalities. Like, I know one's like the performer, the adversary, shit like that. It's like your personality type in general. This sounds like a chapter in one of my favorite books, Lightworker by Savannah Arienta. What's um, that about? You said, what is that about? Yeah. Lightworker. So, Lightworker is um, a person who is sent oh. to Earth. Mm-hmm. To bring more light to the world that is uh, extremely dark, and you oh, have sure. a defined purpose, um, like the entertainer, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're an entertainer, then you spread your light through entertainment. If right. you are a uh, speaker, you spread your light through your speaking, talk shows, whatever, things like that. You, everyone has a divine purpose. It sounds like a segment from there, so it may possibly be in that book. It might be. That sounds familiar to me. So it's not the entertainer; it's the performer. It's the rational, idealistic type, principle, purposeful, self-controlled. And I'm illiterate, guys. <laughs> Perform mystic personality type. Uh, there's the helper, the caring, interpersonal type, demonstrative, generous, people pleasing, and positive. That type is actually like a very fucking nice type of person, but also gonna be like a torturous like type to be because if you're always helping and giving to everybody, like you, like the yes. giving tree, it just fucking sucks. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's the achiever, the success, or, oh shit, the success-oriented, pragmatic type, adaptive, excellent, excelling. Sorry, driven and image cons, 
What the fuck? Oh, image concerts. Jesus Christ. I hate you fucking people. <laughs> That's the individual. That's take the individual. <laughs> oh, I think this is Justin, by the way. I think this is Justin. I think Justin, the individual, is the sensitive, withdrawn type, expressive, dramatic, self absorbed, and temperamental. I actually think that's Justin. I hope you listen to this, bitch. Um, <laughs> that's the like investment. <laughs> What'd you say? It sounds like him. It do sound like that dude's name. Anyway, that's, that's nine of them. I'm not about to keep going. But here, I'm going to let y'all like, go through them. This sounds familiar. Like, they all genuinely have. Like types of like your personality, they all are good, but they all like everything in this life has a negative connotation. Right. Right. You know is this oh, whoa. Like so, oh, oh, no, 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 it's not zodiac. This relates to numerology, mm-hmm. life path numbers, mm-hmm. and I know the title and the description of each life path number. Uh-oh. So the perf- the reformer is the pioneer. That's the person that is not afraid to take the road less traveled. They will mm-hmm. carve the way. So that's number one. That's life path one. They call it the reformer here. Mm-hmm. Number two, the helper. That is the uh, the medium, the person who sees both sides of the fence. Okay. That's a life path two. Okay, that's I me. And that's you as well. Yeah. So that's the helper. I help everybody spiritually. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the achiever is the person who has, uh, it's like the triangle. They have the foundation and they have the clear vision. And they are typically family prone. That's the achiever. Mm-hmm. They are very, very smart people, artistic people. The individualist is the person who is uh, self-secured. Mm-hmm. And they're typically, they live by the book. They're by the book type of people. They're good with, uh, good with people because they typically don't step outside the lines. Very mm-hmm. square kind of people, kind of boring kind of people. Like ideologue type people? Very monologue, monochromatic type of tones, mm-hmm. personality type people. Mm-hmm. You might think they're being fake, but they're actually being themselves. They just did like that. That's my basic training yeah. battle, buddy. <laughs> then you got the investigator. That's life path five. Those are the people who want freedom. They investigate. They want financial freedom, freedom of choice. They want freedom. They fight for freedom like Beyonce's mm-hmm. life path five. All right, uh, the six is the loyalist. They are the loyalist um, because they are the the nurturers. I have to I have to say something stupid. I, I just have What's to. That? Say, What's say, that? Beyonce is fighting for what? Uh, <laughs> wait, that is that a trick question? No, 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 no. Oh, no, okay. Here we go. Repeat <laughs> what you say. Right. Beyonce so is fighting for what? For for financial freedom, financial. for uh, political perspective for black people. Along with her husband, oh. Oh. according to her n- new perspective of life. Okay. According to the songs. Hold on, don't get defensive now. I'm just asking what you said. I'm trying to clarify myself, make sure I'm making sense. Uh. No, no, I'm not. About, I'm about to hit you with a gotcha statement. I fuck up every goddamn time. I'm not gonna cap. I fuck up so much is ridiculous. I don't judge people for fucking up. I just like to make jokes about dumb shit. No, you I ain't gonna cap. You good? Hopefully, I make sense there though. Uh, I'm trying to be quick. So six is the loyalist. That's the nurturer. Seven is the seeker. Mm-hmm. That's the enthusiast. That's the seeker. They're enthused about learning. They always have questions. Eight is the challenger. Like uh, mm-hmm. Life path eight. Life path eight people always know how to make money. Uh, they are the infinity signs. They do believe in being loyal. They are the powerful ones. They're the ones who are the most successful, most powerful. You probably have the answer to them. Those kind of people. And nine is the humanitarian. That's the ending of the cycle, the humanitarian, the cycle of life. They mastered it. They know how to help people, don't know how to help themselves. They mm-hmm. have all the answers. They're very, very wise. And it goes further, but because they stop at nine, I'm going to stop at nine. I just want y'all niggas to understand, I read the wrong page at first. <laughs> <laughs> I switched to the other page that said this might be more helpful. When I, it. <laughs> I just want y'all to know that. Like I said, I fuck up a lot. All right. So I have a question. What's, What's up, your bro? birthday? Not huh? the year. August 8th, 1995. You're Leo. Huh? You're Leo. Of course. Yes. What's your birthday? November 17th. You are a Scorpio. Correct. Yes. What you got? Okay. What you got for us? Let's go. Leo Scorpio. All right. Uh, spotlight. 
What's your name? Spotlight. That's you. Oh, ouch. Spotlight. No, wow. that's not an ouch. What do you wow, mean? If, if, if that's in your... That's, that's not what he said. Let me stop. <laughs> Spotlight <laughs> is you. Um, you you're the lion. Mm. Spotlight, you said you've... Um, Come to terms with your love of speaking. Mm-hmm. That's the spotlight. Of course. You have a divine purpose in that. Oh, thanks, man. Scorpio. Um, Scorpios are typically the most loyal to their friends and family. Mm-hmm. And if you try to go against that, friends and family, or anybody they love, off with your head kind of thing. All right. I don't want to stop you, so I have a question. Uh-oh. You love Brittany? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Hey, I don't want to start nothing. If y'all understood, stop right here. <laughs> I don't want to start nothing. Uh, all right, you know what? I gotta. All right, I have a lot more shit I want to ask y'all, but I'm gonna stop making this one sided. Fuck that. You guys got any questions y'all want to ask us? Because you already started talking about. It. Y'all got any questions? Anything you want to throw out? I did already start, huh? Yeah, you did. Uh, so fuck it. Might as well keep it going. All right. right so hey? like spirituality. All right, do you still consider yourselves religious, spiritual guys, a little bit of both? What do you classify as? If there's any classifications or labels. Um, mm. God damn it. You can go ahead. Um, I won't so, hear this. Go ahead. All right. Well, for me, uh, you bitch. I got pee. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I grew up in a, as in a pretty spiritual family. Mm-hmm. My grandmother is heavily religious. Yep heavily always to this day influenced me to you know read the bible uh pray for you know all of my loved ones and stuff like that and go to church see i'm not sure exactly how it happened for me to like kind of veer off that path but eventually i i just kind of i feel like i eventually just really thought for myself Mm -hmm. and just questioned everything that i was learning and that they were teaching me And that kind of brought me into a whole nother path. I'm not even sure where I am. I don't even want to categorize it, name it, or anything. I know what that is. I kind of just, <clears throat> like, man, it's kind of hard to say, but it's like I believe in God, but then I don't. I know what you mean. It's yeah. weird. It's this little middle middle path, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, um, I believe there's something out there because there has to be. Yep. Like, I feel like if I, if I can't wrap around my brain that there's something out there, I'm going to lose my mind. Right. Like, there has to be something, but I can't say it's the God that they've been teaching me. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. That's that's how I've been feeling for a long time. Yeah. So, in, uh, in terms of being uh, spiritual, I mean, I believe in spirits, absolutely, because I've seen them myself. I believe in pretty much anything I see. Right. So, that's why I consider myself, like, kind of low spiritual. But on a spiritual yeah. journey, that's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. You, I'm still, or, or at the at the forefront of your. I'm, spiritual yeah, I'm still uh, yeah figuring things that's out so just to make to sure out. you know that's where I am. Yep, that's a beautiful place to be. Yeah, you're gonna learn a lot. <laughs> oh man, hmm. oh, that's quite the journey. But what about and what about you? Uh, what about, about you, you buddy? <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Fucking headphones back in. <laughs> uh, for me, I I would like to say. Uh, hmm. Re- react your question one time just so I make sure I'm asking yeah, correctly. So, like, do you consider yourself religious, spiritual, a little bit in between? Or if there is a label, what is it? Um, so if I had to give myself a label, I would honestly say um, I don't I don't really have, like, a specific definition of what spiritual would be. So I couldn't consider myself in between. So I would go more spiritual personally because I do believe that there are higher powers, higher beings, like more malevolent and more divine entities in our reality that we choose or choose to accept 
accept that they exist or there or not. You know what I mean? I don't. But one thing I know for a fact, I don't indulge in the religious because uh, mm, hold up caveat a lot. So unless it's like Hinduism or like Buddhism, I don't really follow those religions, but I've read through the like only one book of like Hindus, like the Bhagavad Gita. And I've skimmed through a couple of them and they're actually pretty dope personally. Like I love the Hindu, the Hindu and the uh, Buddhist like teachings. They teach you to be true to yourself, reality, and accept life and reality for what it is. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So I I accept and love those two religions personally. I, and I'm not saying that you know Islam, Judaism, and Christianity doesn't have any good teachings. But within the same breath of them having good teachings, they also teach people to be xenophobic, homophobic, and just aggressive to anyone. Who doesn't agree with their religion and Absolutely. i tend to not like the big three <laughs> like christianity judaism and you know yep. islam just yep. because they mm-hmm. teach to be a adversary to those who don't believe what you believe and i don't give a right. fuck what no person tells me what i've read myself specifically says to i, I don't want to use the term hate but to not fuck with certain people because yep. of certain yep. things that they've said yep. or mm-hmm. done or believe i don't i don't agree with that so I say more spiritual because I don't believe in like the way of God as far as re- like religiously, but I do believe that there is something bigger. I'm not even not being no history channel person like aliens, but you know, I do believe there is something bigger that has created us, does motivate us to live. And is like the architect architect to our life reality and everything that is around us ever will be and has been personally. So I, I, like I would answer. go with spiritual more than religious. I like that answer. Okay, yep. cool. Yeah. What else y'all got? So, okay, we're all black entrepreneurs here. Oh, what does I it to go mean? Black part. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I knew I forgot something. <laughs> what does it mean to you guys to be, you know, young black male entrepreneurs in the United States of America? Like, what does that mean Ooh, to you? You like, go first. Ooh, all right. So, me personally, so I'm not even joking. I genuinely forgot to bring this up because I want to tell y'all this. Personally, I feel as though. As black people, we should tend we should tend to go more of the entrepreneurial lifestyle versus the um, college controlled lifestyle that we have. Like it's so fucked up. As a black male, you can get one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to go to school. Well, anybody really. But I'm you know thinking about black. We can easily get one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to go to school and be in debt and blah blah blah. But not to start a business, not to buy an apartment bill, not to that. You know we have to jump through hoops and shit. So. Now, anybody on the podcast, I love comments. So tell me anything if you think I'm wrong. Any of y'all too. So here's the thing. I believe that black people inherently should have always continued to go into like um, trades and entrepreneurship because, and it's some shit that when I tell people this, even though it's so fucking simple, not claiming anybody has any, you know, any issues or anything, but they'd be like, oh shit, I didn't think about this. What do you think happened after they released slaves? Like right after, what do you think happened? Like people... Who, what do you think happened? Motherfuckers needed plumbers, right. farmers. They called them. They I, called them the slaves. They had to call the slaves. We were the most paid motherfuckers at the. Cause these lazy bitches did not understand that maybe I should learn how to do something too. Right. So mm-hmm. if I lose, the, I'm not. I'm using the term employee. I'm. You know, they were slaves. So if I lose my employees, I can do it. No, we were some of the most highly paid motherfuckers for cent. For I ain't gonna say centuries. It, it was long, but you know, probably like two centuries. But we were the highest paid motherfuckers for the longest for trade ship. There's a reason why back in the gym high schools we used to you can leave with a barber's a barber's license, a plumbing certificate, 
a fucking carpenter, electrician. You know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. ever realize, like in the ninth, in the sixties, when they took that shit away, all of a sudden in the seventies, they stopped letting black kids get, you know, uh, certificates to do business for themselves right out of high school. And they're like, hey, you guys should go to college to work for who? The fucking white people. Like that. Like yeah. it's like they pushed us to stop being independent to work for them. Type shit. You, you know, know what's saying? funny when it comes to that? The only people they push to do that are the people that do terribly in school. Those are the people they kind of be like, okay, you should go to this community college, this trade school at that point. Right. But anyone that's doing good, okay, we want you on this path. Yep. With so you can work whiteies, for Bill. Basically. Yeah. Right. So. That's true. You finished with your uh, that's a good point? Yeah, y'all go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm going to dive back in there in a second, but well, later. Um, hmm. So what was the question again uh, about black entrepreneur? Yes. What does it mean to you to be a black male entrepreneur? In this country, um, so personally, throughout my life, I haven't had much of an experience with um, racism at all, or anything of the sort. Personally, I'm not even gonna lie to y'all. I have experienced some, but not enough to be, you know, familiar with it personally. Right. I have experienced it through other people, you know, family, friends, and stuff like that, but not personally. For me, after learning, like, how much I've learned, you know, up till now about how this country works, it means a lot, especially seeing other... Um, what building are you in? Eight. Uh, so, it means a lot because when I see other black entrepreneurs, I'm like, man, like, it's really great that they're making something of themselves, like, starting from literally the bottom yep. in order to make a fucking dynasty, man. Like, it's incredible because... All these other people in that field would be white or maybe Asian or something like that. To see a black person, black man or woman accomplish that feat is incredible to me. Yep. Yep. Because there's somebody that looks like me. So I'm like, man, I can do that. Yep. That means a lot. Personally, I wanna be able to um I wanna be able to inspire people. Uh that's um I could I could say that's one of my biggest goals in life is to be able to inspire. And to be able to get somebody to, I guess, <clears throat> get into like a positive path in their life and to actually make something of themselves to also inspire other people. If, if, if I'm able to inspire this kid and this kid's able to actually say, literally save the world on some shit, like cure cancer. Yep. Imagine that yeah. you inspired someone to, to cure cancer. Yeah. People don't really understand that that's a possibility. Like, you could literally um, talk to one kid for a while who's on a good or a bad path, and you can get them to a point where they're like, man, this is what I want to be. You know, this is what I want to do. They do it. They get to the highest, you know, highest point in that career. And you're like, man, I told that kid, like, man, follow your dreams. I talked to this kid. I told, you know, told him whatever. To me, being a black male entrepreneur is so important. It's more important than people really realize because there's not enough. Most of the, like, really highly successful black men are ballplayers, artists. Stuff like that is excellent for them. That leads me to a great question. Okay. Mm -hmm. What's something that people told you that you should do it you knew damn well that ain't you and you're not gonna do it 
Oh. What's that one thing? You, you should probably, you ever thought about <laughs> that you, type of thing. Wait. But you knew damn well that wasn't you. The thing they told me I should do. Ooh. Ooh. All right. You got something? You want me to start? I, I, I think I do. Like, um, like we know the, what, what, you seem like you know what, I, what this is. You remember the, the 48 Laws of Power, the one that never outshine one of my, my favorite master? books. That's never. law number, I don't remember. You that's never what, outshine your master. So that's one thing that I don't agree with. But let me explain to you Same. why. Because it's black people. And God damn it, I feel like I'm repeating myself. No, but go ahead. You want something? You want so something? As black people, you know how we brought up every fucking time. Yep. They tell you, all right, whatever you do, son, don't piss off the white man because he go fuck you over. I'm like, well, damn, what did white man do? Well, he's the lawyers, the judges, the police officers, the teachers. The, so they put you in a mindset to believe that every person above you, mentally, physically, financially, in every way, shape, or even spiritually, it's greater than you because they're white and you're black. Yep. So when I was a kid growing up, they always taught us to watch white, watch out for the white person because the white person is going to take this away. The, the police officer can take away your freedom. What The police officer can take away, yeah, your freedom. The judge can take away your life. The teacher can take away your education. This person can take away this. The white priest can take away your religion, your hope, your faith, everything. But at the end of the day, that's not how we should roll. We shouldn't. We should never feel like they are our masters. And that's some shit that I think black people think they got away from, but isn't true. They a lot of black people, like the older black, like the old our grandmothers. Well, not my grandmother. My grandmother's literal grandmother was literally a Native American. Like bitch who lived out in the. Oh, I shouldn't call her a bitch, but one who lived <laughs> out in the what you call. It. Yeah. So they had a deep hatred in like a. Um, an aggression to white people where they weren't scared of them. They felt like they were the adversary, not the master. But I noticed in modern day, most black people teach you that the white man is your master and never go above and beyond what they do because they're going to drag you down. And I feel like that has stifled so many black lives that it's, it's fucking ridiculous. If you set someone up as a child to think that someone's different from them for the color, better than them because of the color of their skin and more powerful inherently because of the color of their skin, what do you think that does to the child? He has he instantly capped himself. Now he can't be a lawyer because the white man's better ain't gonna stop him. Now he can't be a police officer because he's betraying his community and helping the white man. Now he can't be a judge because he's taking away people's lives. Like that's the one thing out of anything that really just gets me how we raise our black kids not to be not just to be wary or understand the things that they have done and the propensity they have to fuck over black people, but to feel as though they're godly divine above us because of our skin differences. You know what I'm saying? That's right. the one thing that just rubs me the wrong way personally, but yeah. No, that was deep, but I anticipated I knew you was going to go that deep. Uh, <laughs> that was, that's facts though, right? Mm -hmm. That's all facts. At least that's my opinion. I can't even say this. That's Next definitely both. facts. But that's, that's one thing that, oh shit, that's one thing that really gets to me though, how, how, that's one rule that bothers me or one thing that people tell us to never outshine the white person. Yeah. That's that's mm -hmm. just that's not good, bro. That's like yeah. that's like me telling you, oh, you're a baker, so you can never be better than Ke you can never be better than I'm gonna just throw a compass Kellogg's. You can never be better than uh, who the fuck else makes it don't matter. You can never be better than any of these companies. Right. So don't even try. So as soon as you see yourself getting that good, stop before they stop you. That's fucking stupid, right. man. Right. I agree. So for that, you, that definitely stunted growth. What's that one thing that everyone says that you should probably do, and you knew damn well that wasn't you? Hmm. Honestly, I'm not too sure about that. Um, a lot of people have told me to do different things, and I just be like, 
No. <laughs> nah, I just keep it simple. Like, nah, I'm good. It didn't sit right with me, like, a lot of the times. So, I just really didn't do it. Like, there's not a time that I just start, like, oh, like, they told me to do this. And I'm like, that's, that's not really me. I just, I just be like, nah, nah I'm, I'm yeah. good, you know. Like, it, it would have to be some very specific shit for me, like a memory to just click in my mind or something. I'm be a hoe. Let's think about uh women. What is something that people told you to do with women that you know oh, goddamn okay. well? Oh. Okay. Let's not start there. He did that. He did yeah. that. All right. <laughs> so when it came to that, uh, this actually pissed me off for a long time. I was, uh, I was a virgin up until I was 17 years old. Nice. And... So somebody laugh in the background. Oh, <laughs> somebody in the background laugh just like the fuck. Yeah, that's fucked up. That was you. That was a long time ago. My bad. I tried to be serious, but they fucked me up. All I heard was. They were not ready for seventeen. He believed in the Lord and saved it. Before that, like I told, like I told y'all before, I was like, I stayed to myself. I was very quiet. So it took me up until I was sixteen years old to really. Uh, date in general so um, people I was staying with remember that I, I told mm-hmm. you they changed my life basically those same people were also like pushing me a little bit too much to do some shit I wasn't do, like trying to do like it was always like man you, man, you need to just go get you some and I'm like man I, I really like it, it didn't sit right with me like, I'm like I don't want to do that with just some random ass yeah. chick you know what I'm saying so for the longest I'm just like I'm, I keep hearing like man you need to uh, fuck this chick Do that And I'm like Hold on I gotta hmm. say this Cause I'm gonna forget It is so fucked up The same thing happened to me When I was like 13, 14 But bitch It was my mama them. I swear to god <laughs> I'm not even joking He got on them bumps On his face With his bitch ass Ain't getting no pussy I'm like damn ma. <laughs> True story I'm not even joking What the hell That's like my uh, But yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm serious That's real dude. And I got bullied by my fucking immediate family, nigga. That shit was ridiculous. And it's fucked up because I wasn't even a virgin. That's the fucked up part. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, They're just man. being bitches. You know, know what happened. Because <laughs> yeah, I was quiet. They, they really like that. They really, they're like, fuck it. Let, let's push this motherfucker to fuck some, fuck anything, yep. really. Right. It's just like, why? Like, why, why is my virginity a fucking prize? <laughs> what the fuck is up with that? You know the crazy part? It wasn't. You was a man, so your virginity should have been thrown away in a dump somewhere with your bitch ass. That's that's the model they have. That, yeah, that's what they. Yeah. As a woman, you should give the the right guy your virginity who takes you out and takes you on a nice date and loves you forever and go marry you as a nigga. If you ain't gonna fuck that herpes written prostitute, you dumb bitch. That, yeah. That's how it is for guys. Yeah, I don't know guys. why. It's just mm. like it's crazy how many times like people have offered to. Like whenever my birthday hit, yeah, let me, uh, I got you. I'm gonna get a stripper or whatever. Yeah. And, you know what I'm saying? Didn't I do that this year? I did that this year, didn't I? I, yeah, I just did, did that. Did. I just did that. You oh, did. you bitch. Okay. <laughs> it's like four days ago. This bitch I, ass. I swear, <laughs> like damn it, every birthday since I was like 16, it, that's been a thing. I'm like, dog, come on. But why do you guys feel that is that, you know, black men were pressured mm-hmm. to, you know, just go. I would just say pick some random chick just to have sex with her. A random person, period, to have sex oh. with them. It's like sex is, they keep sex on a high pedestal for mm-hmm. black men specifically for some reason. Why do you think that is? You want to say that first? Mm. So many reasons come to my head. Next. You got one this Next. It's definitely, uh, for me personally, it's just some shit that's passed down. Like generation to generation. 
like I'm not I really can't tell you what happened back then but it seems like everybody that brings it to, you know to the current generation like your grandfather great grandfather whatever they grew up in the same fashion that you did it was all like men's jobs were plain and cut out you know what I'm saying you protect you provide and you make you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's a ma- it was a masculine thing. It's like yep. as a man, you have sex with a woman. Simple as that. Yep. You have sex with many women until you find that one woman you want to have sex with for the rest of your life. That's really <laughs> you good. But uh, yeah, that's the main thing about that. Um oh, man, that's very true. Personally, where like where where does it come from for you personally? Um, to have sex with many women or just women in general in without like, caring about uh, as a black connection. man being like provocative like being I guess forced or enticed to be in provocative well I'll say this so personally if we want to go into what I think comes from this black male honestly I think it was some stud shit like back in the G I used to have like the big guys doing you know fucking the other slaves cause you know they got good genes and blah 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 but in reality I generally think the issue with men um being told that they need to like fuck a lot of women or do whatever they want to do at whatever age and blah 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 is because I think man I don't even know how to, how to jump into this one, but like I don't want to say it's it's women but it is women in a sense like if you really look at it the things that men do we seem very like rash like most men seem very rash unnecessary and just like oh you gotta get pussy blah 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 but in reality it's the same way as an entrepreneur is trying to make money you're trying to you know, look good in your social circle. You know what I'm saying? So as men, we are looked at not as from other men, but from, not, I'm, I'm not going as a race thing. Right. I think it's a gender problem. I believe. Because how many times have you fucked with a woman? You know, let me think, let me put it like this. Have you have you ever heard of a man saying, I don't want to fuck a virgin more than you hear a woman say they don't want to fuck a virgin? Women want men who are experienced. So one, as a man, like you need to get experience. So right. you, it's like a mm-hmm. fucking job. You got to have experience for you work there, and you can't even get experience because you can't work there. It's right. kind of fucked up, honestly. Right. So I think one part of it is just social engineering by women and uh, and other men, though, because it's like some guys are blessed with better genes than most guys, right? So the guy who's blessed with better genes and the way that men, the male hierarchy works, usually the guy who's more athletic, tall, and can is more socially confident is the alpha male, right? right? So the alpha male sets the tone of how everyone else should act. Yep. Mm-hmm. But these same characteristics that will make one male an alpha male is the same thing that will make women attracted to him. So essentially, everybody just climb. I, in my opinion, it's not no scientific shit, but everyone's climbing up trying to become the guy who gets all the all the females. Because that's it's our nature. As men, our nature is to spread our seed as much as possible and get our DNA out to as many females as possible. Like, if you look at most animals that don't individually mate with each other, they have a whole fucking harem of women. Because the most dominant, the biggest, the whatever, the top of everything gets to fuck everything because his genes make sense to have. Right. That's why I think women are attracted to tall, um, musk, I ain't going to say muscular, but athletic, good looking. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they attract to all the top the top qualities that a man could have. Right. So all the other men are essentially fighting to be like him to get the same women type shit. Right. So I think it's just a nature thing, personally. I, don't, I think it's a social thing, and it's also a nature thing. I think it's socially pushed on people because of a nature, like because of, because of our nature, sorry. 
Because I, you, if you guys listen to our podcast, you're going to hear me say this a lot. I personally feel like humans get away from being um, animals. Like, we, like, we think we're a lot farther than we are from animals, no. but that's not true. I was saying, like, hierarchical steps are the same as it would be if we were in fucking, like, stone and mud. It would be the exact same thing. You know I what I'm saying? I mean, it's impossible for us to be, like, as, you know, like, as far from animals as we are if we can do the same experiments on humans as animals Absolutely. and achieve the same result. Right. Absolutely. So it's not big facts. But f- philosophically, and, like, you know, because we got such big fucking brains now, we thinking about everything's on an emotional standpoint and at a logical standpoint. But here's a fun thing about logic. We create it what's logical. That's the fucked up part. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because if you think about, if I, I can tell you some fucking weird shit that scientists have done that is so illogical and so, and so like, uh, what's the word? Um, I don't know. I'll just say not good. I'm a, the liquor kind of hit me a second. I'm a little buzzed now. But there's so much fucked up shit we've done in science that it, it's unethical. Like a motherfucker, yeah. but it had to have been done for us to get to like where we are now. Right. And we like to separate ourselves from these things to claim that we're more advanced than we are, if that makes sense. Yeah. You that know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder one weird ass thing. I said this last time, and it's actually funny as shit to me. There's this guy, this scientist, who said that we should wash our fucking hands because germs and bacteria exist. You know what they did, that guy? They threw him in a fucking insane asylum, and the mate and the, one of the main guys who got him thrown in the insane asylum talking about, oh, he fucking believes in germs and bacteria. You know what this stupid bitch did? He went in a bar. Now, back in the day, they used to actually perform surgeries on people in fucking bars. It's like parlor tricks, actually. So this guy dug his bare fucking hands into a, a um, what do they call them, uh, the dead bodies, a cadaver, to perform a, a surgery to take out the liver, I think. That guy's been dead for a couple of days when in Balmer. He stuck his raw fucking hands in there, then went and ate a steak dinner. You know what that nigga did? He died from dysentery with his stupid ass. But just th- something weird. Like, there you th- go. <laughs> this is funny. I just wanted to bring that up. But anyway, go ahead. I say a lot of random shit, bro. I'm sorry. Well, what you want me to say at this point? I don't know. You, you said talk it about all. Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> you talk about nigga. Talk about the sun. Y'all um, got more questions or something? How do you guys feel about being black male entrepreneurs? Wait. That's what the fuck this question started from? Yes. Uh, oh, my God. I think wow. so. It did. I forgot. But that, hey, that's the beauty of conversation, though. Like, that's how conversation happens. Like, no, good shit. Really that's good. why that's I like the jokes. That's why this is the jokes. I mean, I'm going to repeat this. This is the joke. I'm going to answer the <laughs> so, other question first, though. For me, that thing that everybody wants me to do because I'm 6'5 and I'm black, what do you think that is? I'm 6'5. I'm a mm-hmm. black man. Mm-hmm. What do you think everybody tells me I should do? You're a gangster, bitch. You play should play basketball, gangster. Basketball. It's like tall just equates to ball. Like if you're tall, you ball. Yeah. Like that's a I resent like that shit. I'm short and I'm ball. They too. didn't give me that, so I'm kinda hurt. I'm sh- no, I'm short that. and ball. I don't like how he did that. I think kinda fucked up. No, not like they saying tall means like ball. I get what you mean. I'm just yeah, mm-hmm. he said bald. Get it? Wordplay. <laughs> Double on, entendre. On, uh-huh. <laughs> no, but that's that's it, it becomes redundant. It becomes redundant. But it, it's a it's a real thing. Did you play basketball? You should play basketball. How like, long you, you play played basketball? basketball? Oh, or, hit them at the same time. That's what <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's not fair. It's not fair to black guys. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. not fair. It's not fair at all. But what anyway. are you trying to do? Like, what do you, um, other than obviously your goals and aspirations, what more do you want to do for uh, your city, state, country, world, whatever, with, you know, one main goal is to afford more entertainment opportunities for black faces. Um, 
we don't get even in Hollywood. I know we are progressing. Um, we're getting better, but we are still deprived of opportunities and accolades, awards uh, in general in the entertainment industry. So mm. much like I, I pay respects, regardless of the uh, the backlash he gets a lot, Tyler Perry. Uh, I respect him. Whether you like all of his work or not, I respect him, his mind, and what he's done for us. I kind of want to piggyback off that and continue that path. Like he's afforded a lot of people their first job, and they've been in business ten years, never landed a great job, never got a really good paycheck, and got like d- degrees in acting, degrees in art, but can't get a job. That's weird, and right. it's and it's us. It's specifically black people. Right. So ultimately, the goal is I know my little corny and but the ultimate goal for me is to create jobs for us that's not in corny entertainment at all that's, that's not what, corny. how corny that is but i <laughs> that's, that's 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 the ultimate goal um i just, i saw firsthand how hard it is um to get a job even even as this is c- colorism is a thing mm-hmm. colorism is a thing I, I i lost out on a lot of jobs because i'm a dark guy right in this industry you know what i mean Mm-hmm. Um, simply because I'm dark. I'm too dark for the lighting. Like, oh, your skin is not going to go well with this lighting. So we, we can't cast you. That's it's simple. crazy. Like, I've that seen simple. that a lot of times on the internet. Like, people... Um, that was me. Don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> people losing, like, job, either losing jobs or just not being able to get jobs because yep. of the color of their skin. Absolutely. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Because the same shit that you said, literally, um, this, this woman, this uh, dark-skinned woman, she said the same thing you said, but then she went to someone else. Everything was perfect at that perfect. point. Yep. So it clearly wasn't a problem with her skin. It was yeah. just a problem with you. Yep. Your craft obviously wasn't up to par for some good skin. Yep. Wait, you what? You know what they say? <laughs> it clearly wasn't up to. I'm I just think saying. I misunderstood that. What? <laughs> it, cl- it wasn't up to par. The, the skin wasn't up to par? No, 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 no. What'd I'm you talking say? about the work. That the work, work that, you that know, project that, uh, wasn't up to par for yeah. this complexion. From oh, I'm like, what the fuck? What? No. I thought this man said <laughs> a common response to your complexion where they don't want you yeah. is that's just not my aesthetic. That's what they'll tell you. Uh, okay. Oh, that's just not my aesthetic. Right. Especially hmm. when you're white and you're too dark. You don't pass. You're not light enough for that lighting. Your hair's not good enough to uh, take a pencil, run straight through it. Oh, that's just not my aesthetic. You understand? That's what they tell you. Anybody remember the early 2000s when they used to put wigs on black people? <laughs> Y'all remember them wigs? Oh, what's that, that bald nigga from 2000s? Tyler Perry? Yeah, remember the bald dude from Tyler Perry who was like, who was the rich, fucked up husband? You know what I'm talking about? Dire for mad uh-huh. black woman. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Y'all remember the movie uh, when they put braids on this thing? It was a wig. No, that wasn't him. That was no, a white skin dude. No, Moore. that was him. That, that was Shamar Moore. No, they had a they had a movie with him in the early 2000s. They put braids in his motherfucking head. And it was the most uncomfortable what looking shit I've ever seen in my fucking life. What the hell? They made this. I can't even they imagine made this Hey, you know when you go like to the little beauty shops and he got the fucking pictures outside? Yeah. That bitch like a motherfucker with a do-rag on the little do-rag cover, son. <laughs> that shit had me joked out, bro. I'm, oh, they used to do people down bad, son. Oh, yeah. You talking about the 2000s, the Damn. 90s, 80s? My God. I, I, I will never forget how they did uh, the dude who played um, uh, on the Power Rangers, the Blue Rangers. The Blue Rangers. They did him so dirty. Bro. I got to Google His this. His hairline was <laughs> way back. I'm like, dog, I know they didn't put him on air like that. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. And how they do some of these, like, black women. I'm Brother, like, this, is a, this is a recently, this must be like a really Google thing. 
It, it popped up. I put blue, and they put Ranger headline. I'm like, oh! I told you. I told you. <laughs> Did it walk in my door? No lie. That's it. This nigga had turned into an arc, nigga. What the fuck? That's How they do that? It's like that. I've heard of people in the industry where they said black women mostly that they couldn't find anyone to do their hair correctly, so they either had to put headbands on just to make it look decent. They fixed it. Or... You know, they had to bring their mom or their sister to come do their hair for them for the show, you know, because not many people know how to do our kind of hair, black people hair. I call bullshit, though, because, like, you, you ever look at the budget these fucking shows have? Right. Like, if, I forgot this fucking website, but this is a website you can go and type in any show and you can pull up the clothes that they wear. These bitches would be wearing, the shit be looking stupid, but they'll wear, like, a whole $1,000 fit. Bitch, you telling me you couldn't afford a black hairdresser mm-hmm. for any point of your show? Right. For real? Get the fuck out of here, bitch. They like, fuck it. Come uh, on now. This a hairdresser will be used for 10 years. She'll be all right. Bitch, put it on. Shut up. <laughs> put it on. <laughs> you won't work, don't you? Yeah, put this fucking wig on, girl. Yeah, right. be That's all right. how it is. Cutthroat. Wow. Hold up. What, would, would, y'all, would y'all two wear a wig for, for, for a part? Did y'all wear some braids, some cornrows right now? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm you got to wear a wig, ca- a ball cap, though. I'm pretty dedicated to my characters. I've done a lot. Already, yeah? to be honest. What's I the mean, most you've done for a character you think? That you feel like, which is all right, this is a little much, but fuck it. I'm I, do it. I don't think I've been pushed that far yet. I played oh. an older guy. He was crippled with a cane. That's nothing. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, I played a dancing guy. That's nothing. I don't I don't think I've done anything extreme yet. So you haven't had to do anything that's like kind of uncomfortable to you? Nope. And that's that for me, that's probably what I'm, I think it's what I'm looking for. Push me a little bit, you know what I mean? And I, I don't, I don't, I haven't had it yet. I instantly I thought of something fucked up. Uh oh, what was it? <laughs> nah, do I even want to No, it, it's fucked up because it wasn't even for you. That's the crazy part. <laughs> I imagine someone else I knew on the show, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna attack the fuck out of him for this. <laughs> it was Mike. It was Mike. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what? A- <laughs> but to answer your question, I think I would be dedicated enough to do it. Mm-hmm. I'll probably have to get comfortable with it because. Right. I'm not that kind of person. I'm just what's not. it? Like, what's yeah, it? Like, like putting on a wig or what? Do something like Martin Lawrence or Eddie Murphy did, like dress up as women and play a, a female character. All right, let's, let's, let's tone it down. How about something way more calm or way more neutral? What if they tell you no. just swing your dick around like a helicopter? What you t- uh, I'm not in the porn industry, so I'm, I'm fucking with you. That part. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Sit in the background and fan it Wait, around. is it about six mil? Pl- I'm just playing. Oh, this man. <laughs> hey, but dead ass though. Like some people might want you to do that, right? It'll no, probably just be some like Hollywood. How would you Sorry, audition Hollywood. for that? Well, you don't audition for that part. That's just in the script. You just got to know that <laughs> yeah. it's coming and it's a scene. Yeah. Yeah. They never but, tell uh, you. Matter of fact, for instance, it's basically like the baby boy scene with Tyrese. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. let's talk Wait, about that scene? for a second. You remember Tyrese, Tyrese. was um and. Taraji P. Henson. Remember? Yeah. They had like two sex scenes. Oh, yeah. What about it? Yeah, they were fucking. And then afterwards, he was like, oh, this is my uh, beat it up dance or some yeah. shit. And he you was like, feel when I was over shit. there? Did you, you feel remember that? You going to get in there? <laughs> tacos that. But was, that, that? was that improv too? Like they just came out of nowhere and told him to do that? Oh, I think it was in script. Sure. Of I'm course pretty sure it was scripted. I'm sure you can add it. Oh, no. It was scripted because Tyree said he was like, he felt uncomfortable. Like he didn't really want to do it at first. But he was like, you know, he did it. Professionals. 
Oh, that's a professional. I'd have, yeah. I ain't gonna lie. I'd have did it too. I'd have been joked out doing it. I can't. <laughs> I wouldn't even been uncomfortable with that. I'd have made the most out. I started crip walking and shit. I did the most. <laughs> Not gonna lie. I'd have made that whole scene uncomfortable for everyone else but me. Really? So you? So are are you saying you're a natural actor? You can just get in there and do that scene. Brother, let me tell you something. Naked. My drill sergeants have tried me on so many fucking times, oh, wow. and they giving yeah. up. Like, sit over there and tell people holy trade. <laughs> All right, bitch, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen Prison Break? Yes. All That's right. You know who, uh, what's his name? Theodore Bagwell? Yeah. Hold my pocket? Yeah. That's me. They tell me this shit. Okay, I'm going to go over there and do it. <laughs> All right, boy, come here. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> oh, wow. man, I'm fucking stupid. Oh, I actually have an interesting question kind of on the same topic. Okay. So, this is for everybody. I'm going to start with the guests. Um, so for, I guess your favorite movie or something, which role do you feel like you would kill it in your favorite movie? Magic Mike. Mine is Mr. Clark on Lean On Me. I would kill it. Really? Absolutely. I would kill it. On what? Lean On Me. Mr. Clark from Lean On Me? You gonna beat the fuck out of them kids. I would literally. (laughs) Get your ass out there. (laughs) Fun fact. Uh, I worked in in education system. This is my seventh year. This is what I do in the daytime to make Mm -hmm. money. As an artist, uh, this is my seventh and a half year. Mm-hmm. But uh, I always knew I was going to do that, too. I knew I was going to inform people, students, in some way. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mr. Clark from Lean On Me, I would absolutely kill it. Absolutely. Why is that? Why is uh, I have a passion for kids. I have a passion for teaching. I have a passion for education in some form. I have. And then also, um, I can embody that sternness i'm gonna call it sternness mm-hmm. i can't embody that easily because that's part of who I am. okay mm-hmm. if that's what you want to call it <laughs> I'm, just <fucking laughs> right. I'm just fucking no but I, I i typically uh naturally um i'm working out of having that short temper uh-huh so i can use that discrepancy i, I call it discrepancy i can use that in that character and it, it will work for me for sure i what think right? mine would be anything dealing with being a superhero or a supervillain or a mystery show or a movie, like I have to investigate being a detective or something like that. I'm it's so into anti-hero that. Anti-hero detective superstar. What the fuck <laughs> type of titles we doing here? What's going on? Well, it's, you all over the place. That's, that's literally what I come up with at home. Like either I'm a superhero or mm. a supervillain or I'm a detective of some Nigga, sort. Nigga, you Deadpool. That's what you just called yourself. <laughs> This nigga won't be Ryan Reynolds, the black version. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's actually pretty dope, though. But because of you, my bad. I th- I think that's my favorite role I would want to do. Because I'm so into it. I can sit there and watch shit like NCIS or Criminal Minds and stuff for hours. Um, I'm just getting into anime, so that's one thing I'm just getting into. <gasps> Hold on, get closer to my... <gasps> what the fuck? Just? <laughs> that's yes, great. Just getting into anime... I love superheroes. My one of my favorite superhero series is Black Lightning. I would sit there and watch that all day. Mm. Okay. Damn. This nigga an investigatory superhero, <laughs> super villain, <laughs> Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> Incredible Hulk. <laughs> Damn, that's pretty dope, though. Why do you think? But no, I'm joking. But no, seriously, why do you think you can fit fit so many shoes when it comes to acting? Do you feel like you can like? What's the word I'm looking for? Do you think you can like? I don't know, in, like embody all of those different vibes. Like, do you think you can really portray those things like really accurately in a sense? Yes, I do. I think it all comes down to passion and how passionate you are for the role mm. and passionate about anything really. But 
that's what I believe that I can do it. I'm passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to it, I know what I want to portray with the character. You mm-hmm. know, and I understand once you once you understand what the character or who the character is, um, I think anything is possible. The biggest question is get a little close. The biggest question for any character is always, "What's my motivation?" Right. Mm-hmm. That's the number one question. Man, I always find it. I've always find it very interesting when people um, essentially dive into their character so hard that they feel like they become the character. I feel like, yes. as far as acting, I feel like that's like the ultra instinct of acting when you really feel like you are that person. Absolutely. When you can have the mental fortitude, like business, uh, and double back and trick yourself into genuinely feeling like this is me. This is my reality. This right. is how I portray myself. That seemed as pretty crazy to, oh, excuse me, crazy to most people. It's like, oh, this guy's acting crazy on the set. He's being serious. I'm like, this dude is really living Absolutely. that shit that he's trying to make you believe he's doing. So at right. that point, it ain't even faking. Yep. That's really him. My acting coach, uh, I only had one acting coach. I kind of trained myself. Yeah, I'm a natural. But Clyde Jones always mm-hmm. said, never act, be. You have to be. Big facts. I could really see that you being Never act. So you have to be it. You have to literally live and feel it so that it can convey properly to the audience. You can't act because they will feel it. It's oh, not that's real. actually how um, people like uh, Heath Ledger, who was Joker. Yeah. Right, he actually. Um, He's a method actor, by the way. Yeah. yeah. He literally like lived in that same like character Absolutely. for a long time. Yeah. Yep. And he said like he was in a dark ass place. Like yep. when he did that, too. It was like really impressive. I'm like, damn. Like, yep. the fact that he was able to do that shit. And, like, he, I think he literally had no contact with anyone. That's right. Yeah. He, at all. He said that he secluded himself and he only limited himself to one apple and one cup of coffee a day just to get into character. I'm like, yeah. Like, who I wouldn't be the fucking joke? I'm about to say, I'd be even motherfucking drinking a cup of coffee and an apple a day. I'd start stabbing bitches. Mean as hell, I like, did that. Did you? I shot, well, not an apple and a coffee. I'm about to say, damn. I just drink coffee. Man, serious. No, but, uh. I'm a tea guy, but no, uh, I did that with Stanley, one of my, uh, the latest film, we won an African Oscar award for it. Shot that out here in New Orleans, um, called Ahead Is Not Enough, directed by Clyde Jones. Um, you could probably see the long ass trailer on YouTube, but anyway, Stanley was a valedictorian of high school. I was like 20 something years old when I was playing 17, mm. right? And I literally had to be that character before we started filming. So flying back and forth from Chicago, uh, I was in a relationship. I was flying back and forth, things like that. And I also had some work out there, and I was writing music for an EP out there. And so uh, I would talk to people in my British accent because he was a foreign exchange student. So mm. I would use my British accent every day, every day. I wanted it to be perfect. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. what method acting is. You have to literally be it. You can't act. You can't just act. You have to Big be it. facts. I yep. feel that. I think if I was to ever try to become an actor, I'd probably have to do a method, like the method actor way. Cause I'm too goofy, so you would be in comedy, and I think you'd be good. I'm be honest, like you don't seem like I'm a very dark person, though. I, dark comedy is still comedy. That's true. You got me. God <laughs> damn, dark it. comedy. I tried to switch it up. You got me. Uh, but yeah, I feel like I could actually like do it a little bit. So, cause I had a couple opportunities to do it actually. So I can't sing no more, but like I could hold the tune a little bit. So when I could, I'd like walk around just randomly zoned out singing and shit. And, like, this happened a couple times later. Oh, my fucking God. You need to come audition for my shit. I'm like, ma'am, I'm not a porn star. Leave me the fuck alone, bitch. <laughs> but, nah, like, seriously, they'd be like, you need to come audition and blah, blah, blah. I've been to a couple of them, and I got the roles and shit, but I was bored. I, was, I didn't even feel like fucking doing that shit, honestly. But it's something I always thought I probably should have, like, tried to do, like, just to fuck around and stuff. But, yeah, I 
maybe. But I feel like I, I feel like I could be like a, a interesting actor. I think maybe I'm just forgetful. I probably won't the remember. The truth my roles. is, I tell anybody, we're all actors. Mm-hmm. Some of us just get paid for it. Oh, that's we're a good all one right actors. There. We're all actors. We all put on a mask at some point of our day. This be it for a job. A bag of chips in the background. Look at him. <laughs> Look at you. Yeah, we're all actors. We just got it. So much just get paid for it. Right. I have a question for both of y'all. Yeah. Um, I want to start with you. Mm-hmm. So how important, uh, kind of delving back into the career process, how important is marketing yourself? Ooh, marketing is <laughs> marketing is very important. Marketing is a big part of business, period. Like, if you don't market yourself, then nobody will know you. Mm. That's how I see it. Like if you don't market yourself to whether it be other businesses, different people, um, you go out and do different pop-up shops, you post post your product, all sorts of marketing. If you don't do that, nobody will know you. Right. I, so marketing is a huge part of business. It's very important. That's one thing I learned that marketing is very important. Because without marketing, you'll have nothing. Drink time. But <laughs> <laughs> you want some more? Oh, I'm good. I still got some in my cup. Bet. Without marketing, you'll have nothing because nobody will know you. Nobody will know your name. Nobody will know your business name. Exactly. Yep. Like that's why you you see everything all around you. Mark is when you see an advertisement. It's just nothing. Well, but just make sure to get a little closer. When you see an advertisement, it's nothing but marketing. They're marketing their business because they want you to know about it. They want you to know if they're having to sell or their product that they have, the new product. So marketing is very, 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 very important when it comes to business. If you don't market, you have nothing. For instance, how do you market your business specifically? How I market? You can start with your business. If not, if not your like how you market it, what do you feel like is the best way to market it? Whichever way you want to do. With the story, with a backstory for your business. Mm-hmm. For example, my business is named Salute to Sweets. It comes from me and my family's background and in the military service, where my grandfather served, my my father and a few of my uncles served, and I'm currently serving. So. It comes from the background of us being in the military, you know, them going to war, and, you know, our fellow battles going to war and all the ones that died. So salute to them and everything. So that's a a story is a big part of marketing, I believe. You know, story behind the business name or the business or the passion. Uh, I think that's one big marketing strategy that you can have. some other ways is that I market myself. I, I go to different businesses. I might go to a business that I know um, could benefit from my product, and I could benefit it from it too. That hey, I have this product. Um, I would like to <coughs> put some in your store. Is there a way I can contact you for it? Um, like I said, going to pop-up shops, like get yourself out there. Pop-up shops are amazing. They, uh, most of them have a good turnout. Right. Uh, to be real, some of them might not have a good turnout. Some turnouts might be shit, honestly. Yeah. But at least you put yourself out there. You market it yourself. Because right. you, when you have that 
set up on the table. You have the table set up and you see my pies, you see my cookies, my brownies, my cakes, everything. I've never had anyone pass by my table and not give me a compliment. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing you have to make sure and make sure it looks good as well. Right. Uh, make sure it looks good. Yeah, it's presentable. Yes, presentation is presentation is everything. Because um, if it looks good, then people people gonna, at least try it. Yeah, at least give it a shot. Because I've always I've been told that business is eighty percent psychology. And who told that's you that? A good poet by the name of Petrella. <laughs> <Lane>. <laughs> I like how you did okay. that. Good poet. <laughs> Yo, that's so true. Eighty percent psychology, twenty percent business. Cut you off, bro. That's actually a very interesting thing. If you really think about the amount of psychology that business is going to, yes, to actually get you to buy, to get you to buy shit, and it's so fucking crazy. Like from the fact of like coloring, food placement, how they make shit look like it's ridiculous. How much like thought goes into everything that gets sold, Absolutely. and like when you really look into like how companies really make shit work. Like you'll be at you'll be at all. Like yes. these dudes really thought that much from the like, like this is some stuff that I think everybody know because of YouTube, TikTok, and all that. But like the fact that the yellow, like yellow and red, is like it's like colors that like make you feel hungry. Yes. Like so that's why if you pay attention to a lot of companies like McDonald's, Burger King, like mm -hmm. almost every fucking fast food company has yellow and red, yellow or red in their colors. It's it's something to make you actually hungry. You ever look yep. at how Remember grocery stores place yeah. their stocks? Is to make you buy the most expensive shit and yes. feel like mentally feel like the cheaper shit is like literally beneath you. Yep. It's crazy right. how our brains work in like a robotic way and we don't even notice it. That's it really wild. does. And they take advantage of it, bro. Absolutely. It really does. Absolutely. So just to finish off, marketing is mm. everything for a business. Yeah. Marketing is okay, everything for a business. Like I said, if if you don't market, then no one would know you. You don't have anything. That's facts. I ain't gonna lie, like when you said uh <laughs> you just like like you would go to um other people's stores and like I guess try to do like a little collab, say, Hey, you know, I can provide my product for you. I ain't gonna lie, I thought she was finna go to others like sweet stores and just start <laughs> handing out cars, like, hey, you take one. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, okay, okay. Hey, sometimes <laughs> it can be tempting to go if you know your product is better than someone else's, mm -hmm. if you know for a fact that your product is no is better than someone else's, it could be tempting to go to that store that has the exact same product and tell the people, hey, here's my card. Come to me instead. It can be tempting. Yeah. Although, you know, you're taking business from other people. Yeah. But, hey, it's like you're giving them a better product. I mean, if yours is better, <laughs> it's better. Right. You know it's, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, personally, if I'm buying, uh, if say if I'm, I'm buying a stereo, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to this place for a stereo. But then somebody comes saying, man, my stereo sounds way better. Matter of fact, they playing the fucking stereo. <laughs> like, they, they playing something on the stereo. I'm like, damn, that sounds fucking good. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to buy this person shit because right. it sounds way better than this. So, I mean, it makes sense. And it's it's, it's a grind thing. Like, it's honestly, it if your product is good, you shouldn't have to worry about somebody else coming in and, right. and trying to steal your shine. I mean, if your shit is better, it's better. Right. That's so true, and I think the problem with some companies, like for real, is that they feel like they need to trick you into buying this yes. and making a profit. I, and I, I feel like an asshole when I say this. I a really great salesman said this. He said that he was um, he was getting interviewed to work at this company, and it was like, sell me this pen. And the dude was like, um, well, do you need to buy a pen? He was like, well, you fail. 
And dude was like, nah, that's not how that works. And, you know, the, obviously the boss is like, nah, you don't understand how it works. Dude was like, no, I don't want to trick your, I don't want to trick your clients into feeling like I sold them something that is worthless that they can never use. But what I do want to do is sell something to someone who needs this and make them feel like this is the only fucking product that can fit any and every need that they will ever have and recommend it to their partner, their friends, or their other business partners. So I feel like that's the better way to do it. So if you have integrity when you're making a business and you actually fulfill people's needs and not just trick them into buying shit, to pretend that it's worth something, I think you you have a fire ass business. You know what I mean? I feel like that's the difference between a good salesman and an asshole. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yes, there is. Like an asshole would just try to sell you something just to make, yeah, you know, make the pay, make yeah. the money. Yeah. But a good salesman will make sure you understand exactly how this is going to benefit you. Yep. This is why, like, this is what you're paying for. You're paying for a quality product. Right. I'm gonna make sure you understand that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you come out happy. Right, because right. I've so. had some products, and I don't mean to. I'm not gonna say the name of the pie that's in the stores. Oh, mm-hmm. I've had it, and it is not. I know what you're talking. About. I know what you're talking. About. <laughs> Man, hold on. I know what you're talking. That was shady enough, wasn't it? Wasn't you what pie was already? Pies in stores. Around the holiday season. All right, y'all. We need to name drop this fucking pie because I don't know what we're talking. about. I know what the fuck he's talking about. That bitch is not good. I'm sorry. It's just the truth. I've had it, and. It's always either I've had it twice. Either it was it's way too sweet, entirely too sweet, or it was just nasty. Oh, damn. Mm. Pie company, he talking to y'all. Hey fans, <laughs> hey, I had nothing to do with this. I had nothing to do with Let this. him model y'all pies. Don't blame. <laughs> Don't blame you. I, I'd hate to say it, but I'm, I'm fucking dead. <laughs> I mean, hey, it is. And I've heard it from multiple people. I've heard it from multiple people saying, yeah, no, thank you. Oh, Bruh, you know what? I got a, I got a question. Um, so we've been talking about a lot of stuff that goes on in your business and things of that nature. So tell me this. What is a big ass myth that people have about uh, starting a bakery company and being a model? What's like the biggest myth that you can think that people think is true? Like, I know a lot of people have issues with podcasting and like, oh, if you, you have to make a 10 minute podcast because no one's going to listen to hour long, two hour long, three hour long. But they don't fucking understand how this actually works, honestly. But. So what's a big myth you guys think that people believe about what you do? I believe about what I do, and I've been told this personally by mm. my own chef in school, Uh-oh. is that you will not succeed in this business if you don't start working in it, which I don't find that completely true because I've seen multiple chefs that go on TV said they have never worked in the business, that they, had, they didn't even go to school for it, but they always had a passion for it, and they are one of the most successful chefs in the world. So I don't believe that you simply have to work in the restaurant or the baking industry just to simply be successful. If you know your product is good, if you know your quality is good, if you know your customer service is is on point, everything is A1 about your passion and your business, you're going to be way more successful than the people that told you that you weren't. Like, you'll be more successful than people that are on top right now. I can feel that because if you ever really think right. about any big business that's like a like big, ironically, if you think about like a hospital, the person who owns the hospital is not a fucking doctor. <laughs> the person who owns the fin- the firm isn't a fucking financial advisor. Like you don't have to be, you don't have to have a degree in something to own it on some shit. Right. That was my point right there. You do not have to spend three hundred thousands of dollars getting your masters to succeed. 
I don't think a that's lot of people the really myth. understand that. So. Yeah. That's the biggest scam, the biggest myth. If you are good, if you are absolutely just, if you are excellent in what it is that you're passionate about, that's what matters. All you need is a great work ethic. That's it. Exactly. That's it. We have so many examples of people who's done that. You know what I mean? Uh, of course, you need a mentor. You need someone who is greater at this to help guide you, help make decisions, help sharpen your skill. Mm-hmm. But you do not have to invest $300,000 to do that. Right. Exactly. You don't. That's the biggest myth for modeling, acting, writing, poetry, whatever it is. Just get your own mentor. Right. Yep. And invest in yourself. Right. Um, I'm going to ask the same <laughs> question to you. What's up? Um, so he, you pretty much went crazy when I asked you about marketing. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to ask you the sub question. So um, how do you market yourself as a male model, black male model? Oh. For me personally, uh, as a black male model, in that avenue of artistic expression, I simply um, take into consideration how I am presenting myself in everyday life. Because you, I've learned this a long time ago, you never know who is looking, who is watching, who you're inspiring, who's interested. You never know. So how you present yourself in everyday life is literally marketing. Facts. You are facts. you are staging a persona for yourself and for your business. That's fact. And that's if I'm going to the store to get ice, my nigga, I'm putting clothes on. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how 100%. serious I am. You can ask, right? <laughs> I, just, I learned it a long time ago. <laughs> and my mom, I thank my mom for that. I ain't gonna lie. I, you see how hard he's taking care, right? Look, he was like, it's yeah. kind of shady, but super, super tired. <laughs> well, for y'all ice. can't see these motherfuckers right now, but they come in dressed like we was recording. I just want y'all to know that. I'm really, really heavy on representation. I'm mm-hmm. really heavy. I want people to take me serious. And I feel like uh, I just don't want to miss my moment. I'm always, I'm not going to say afraid because fear drives things away, but I'm always conscious of this can be an opportunity. And I don't want to miss it. So I'm always prepared. Always. Right. So the, and, and subconsciously, you're marketing yourself. When people see you, that boy always, he don't miss a beat, do he? You know what I mean? 100%. And everyone knows that the greatest promotion is word of mouth everyone knows so if everyone's saying the same thing about you you're literally marketing yourself exactly yeah so that's how i market myself that that's it that's 100 it like it's so important to just like even just go outside go and get groceries just look somewhat nice you don't have to you don't have to be soon tied down the whole you know vest and shit you don't have to do all that but just look pretty nice somewhat casual you know put some shoes on don't put them absolutely you know what i'm saying (laughs) I do that, but yep. still, don't put no slippers. Don't be me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> go out, go out. Do what I do. do what now I say. Now, there we go. There we go. <laughs> but yo, this man just spit a gem for any of you people out here. And I'm not trying to be shady, but y'all know who the fuck I'm talking about. A couple of you women have this issue. I ain't going to say your name, but you know who the fuck I'm talking to. So a lot of y'all, because I have a lot of female friends who make a lot of fucking money doing stuff. But they don't understand how they present themselves to other people. Absolutely. It's like, right. and I'm not saying only women do this. I'm just yeah. talking shit to the motherfuckers I'm talking to. Yep. Everyone, he spit a gem. Pay attention because you never know who you're around. The motherfucker you arguing with because he bumped you by mistake Absolutely. Might, be a, might be the fucking CEO you're trying to give your business to yep. for exactly. a million. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. People feel like, like how you present yourself is excellent, and I commend that. But at the end of the day, not, it ain't for you, but it's like everyone don't do that. 
There's right. millionaires who walk around in wrinkled dad shirts oh, yeah. and flip flops. So you never know who the fuck you talking to. So. Exactly. Right. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? So you should really watch that shit. But y'all go. That's a fact. There we go. That's what I've been I've been starting to do that as well. Just for simple shit like going out to get groceries. You yep. know, I put I make sure to put pants on. I try not to go out there with shorts on. If I do go out there with slippers, I mean, I just really don't care. But usually I'll just slip on some shoes real quick. Just just to look somewhat decent, you yep. know what I'm saying? Make sure to pick my hair, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Make sure I look somewhat nice. Yep. Like, matter of fact, right. that's that's some simple shit. But the most simple shit I need to tell everybody here listening, please put some fucking deodorant on. <laughs> <laughs> no! Please. I don't know who you talk. Oh, the bitch wow. you talking to me? We, we got, got beef, what's up? <laughs> yeah. But there's so many people man. I pass just in the grocery store, anywhere in public, yeah. and there's just a wave of funk just coming yeah. right. coming through. I'm just like, please. You never love to get that face. But can we add that? It's, you see him again, you're like, that's the funky motherfucker right yes, there. You remember I'm that? Like, yeah, I ain't gonna lie, bro. You that's fucking stink, but you still. You market yourself I, as a stanky person. Yeah. Like, that. that's literally the first thing someone notices. Yeah. yeah. Your smell. Yeah. Your smell, the way you look. Absolutely. It's so important. Like, it, if you if you look like, uh, how he said, like, the millionaires come out with a shirt, some slippers, some shorts. Okay. Smell good. Yeah. Because if you don't smell good, you're killing yourself two different Absolutely. ways. Absolutely. At yeah. that point, I don't even, I don't even want to fuck with you. Yeah, niggas right. out here dressed like Kanye. I just want to say Exactly. <laughs> Kanye be fucking me up. He just wear anything and call anything. it fashion. Some people feel as though once they become financially successful, they feel like they have nothing to prove, which is true. And I get that aspect of it too. Sometimes it's just like, well, I'm about to put these sweats, t-shirt, and these shoes look like moonwalkers moonwalkers. on. What that is? <laughs> and like moon, like moonwalkers, like out of just planetary shoes, uh, like Kanye shoes. Yeah, okay, anyway, okay. Yeah. so like t-shirt and joggers. Some people feel like I have nothing to prove. Which is, but I guarantee he doesn't stink, like he said. Mm-hmm. I guarantee he won't stink. I guarantee you he's going to probably represent himself well if you talk to him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. You still represent yourself well. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's probably going to be a t-shirt, some sweats, and some kicks, but they're clean. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's so simple, but it's clean. Mm. Yeah, it'd be like it's still fresh, a representation, like, and it's still fresh. fresh. Mm. fresh like I still shirt. smell mm. good. I still took a shower today. Mm. Right. You know what I mean? So it's, like, it's still a representation. I'm relaxed. But I still look good, still smell good. Hmm. It's a fair representation. I feel that. Right. That's why I started um like pretty much uh um well before before like I grew my hair out, like I had a fade. So I would like every two weeks, like consistently get my hair cut. Yep. Because that is so important. I didn't realize for the longest how important that was. But man, like people see you, they like, oh you know, clean cut. Like, it's yep. so important, especially yep. for... Yeah, I know women. how that is. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he has the longest hair at the table. So he's, he's bald. He's, Let he's, y'all know. He's bald. He's not he bald. What he said was right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's really important to be clean cut, man. Absolutely. It's super Absolutely. important. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. So, right, another... I, I just be thinking of random shit to ask people. What, so, what you got? Real shit. So, in your career... Like, everyone always takes something from their career, and they'd be like, oh, not close to the mic. Everyone takes something from their career, and they always add it to their lives. Like, there's always a, a something that you learn, like perseverance, consistency, love, self-love, self-caring, something. Everyone learns something from their job. What would you right now, 
say that you learned from your job or your career or your path that you're going on and that you want to tell everybody something that they should probably learn or probably add to their lives? What would you say? I ain't gonna lie. I have learned to fake it till I make it. Talk to him. What? I have learned I would never in my life miss another opportunity because I think in the back of my mind subconsciously I don't know how to do something. I would not. If you ask me, you know how to play a trumpet? Absolutely. Let me see. Let me see that thing. Let me see that thing. I'm going to go to YouTube real quick. You giving me two hours? Hell yeah. I'm gonna spend that 120 minutes. Let's see. Let's see what YouTube. So this is an A. Oh, this is an E. You know what I mean? This man becomes You're a never, mechanic overnight. I am going to fake it till I make it. I will never miss another opportunity. Ever. I, okay, I like that. I like they give yourself time and experience. Because I think a lot of shit that we pay people for is easily learnable skills. Absolutely. Absolutely. YouTube University. I have a master's. <laughs> I call it YouTube University. I learned everything from YouTube. Like that, It's free. You get an education. Fun fact. For Google's free. giving out uh, classes right now that give you certificates equal to college Come on. Uh, degrees for free. And they will actually pay you to learn a code. Wow. Uh, wow. Do marketing. Wow. All you have to do is type in Google... Um, Fuck, what is it? It's Google.careers, I think. No, Google, Google. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I don't remember what it is. But look up Google Search. classes. They'll, they will give you certification right. that are equal to like college degrees, and they will fucking pay you to do yep. it. And if you so do it well enough, guess who you can work for? Absolutely. Google. Google. Come on, man. Big company. Come on. I mean, it's, it's no excuse. Right. So, yeah. I will never miss the opportunity. I will fake it till I make it. I'm going to get it along the way. It's okay. They won't ever know. It's a good idea. Besides, I'm a damn actor. I'm a, I'm, I'm gonna act this thing out. Nah, <laughs> he using them yeah. skills. He using their life skills. <laughs> That's cool. I ain't. Gonna, I gotta fuck with that. I think mine would be is to take chances, but take smart chances. Like you know some of the chances that you can and cannot take. So be smart about the chances that you take. But you know, take them and make the best of them. Some chance. Some of the chances that you take will teach you how not to do it again some mm. will teach you how to do it better i feel that right i think that that's goes on what, what you said earlier my job like that's what i take for my career take chances but to be smart about the chance that you take oh and don't be scared to take them chances because right. they teach don't you something right. yeah. that's, that's a good life lesson because i think fear like you said i think fear is good sometimes but i think mostly oh, yeah. fear kind of like like would you say fear takes away would you say Oh yeah, fear uh, would deprive you. Fear would fear would deprive you of your greatest opportunities. Yeah, it would it would fear provokes procrastination, disbelief, um, and depression. It, it yeah. it's there to fuel you. It, you just got to switch your mindset. You have to switch your perspective. Once you feel fear, is just an emotion. Emotion is energy. Emotion is emotion. Energy. Emotion. That's all it is. It's just the emotion. Once you feel it coming up, you should have the self-control. You should be so self-controlled that you can talk to fear and say, I understand where you're coming from. I see you rising, but I got this. Oh, I like how you, you know what the I word mean? emotion. I like how you broke that yeah, down. Yeah, that's what it is because I'm a science geek. Sorry. Ooh, Energy, emotion. I got one that's at what, emotion. Done. I got one at you. Done. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I want y'all to know. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, I need to hear what you said, but I felt offended. I don't know what you said. But, all right. So, this is not the end of the show, but I'm going to let y'all know at the end of the show, we're going to pick somebody to say something that they feel like, you know, should be said. And I was thinking to myself, what should I say? And when he said that, they made me think of something. All of y'all out here who are going through, like, I want to, I'm going to just say mental illness. I just say that. Because if you're feeling sad all the time, then shit, I don't know how to say this. I'll make you feel like a like an asshole, but like something's wrong. Right. 
for the therapist. Well, yeah. But understand that it's natural sometimes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, you know how people say global warming's like, caused by us? I'm going to say this. I don't believe this. It's just a statement to say. So there's been period, periods on Earth where Earth gets really hot out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's like a cycle. Sometimes it gets really fucking cold. Like a thousand years, Earth's cold as shit. Every couple centuries, shit just change up and it's hot as shit. That happens. That literally happens. That's how like the castles in fucking like Britain was fucking built. Like you think the niggas able to build that shit while it's cold as shit? up? No. But I digress. So the same way in your life, sometimes you get depressed. You know what I'm saying? It's natural. And depression is literally deep rest. Sometimes your body just goes in a state of deep rest and you need to sit back, relax, and take it. Or you, you know what I'm saying? You got to just sit back and rest. You need to go into a deep state of rest. Don't always fight it. Well, I, I ain't saying give in to the depression, but you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you have to just stay in that stage of deep rest for a second yes. for your body to reprogram itself to start feeling you know feeling good so every time you're depressed i just want to make this random statement it's not some wrong just sometimes we just get a little sad sometimes bro who the fuck you stole that from damn youtube academy bitch yeah. that's that google shit huh? that nah you, nigga man. youtube <laughs> <Yep>. valedictorian bitch <laughs> And to piggyback off of mental health, mental health is very important, you know, not just in the business aspect, but mm-hmm. in life period, because now you see people say that, you know, they're mentally exhausted now, you know, some people might need something to help them out with it. You know, I encourage people to like, hey, go talk to somebody, go to therapy, you might need mm-hmm. some therapy. Like, people have such a negative connotation on therapy to where... They think if they go to therapy, they're crazy. They belong in a mental facility. They belong in a psych ward or something. No, you don't. You just need an understanding. You need some professional help to help you understand what's going on in your mind, what's going on in your mental. Yeah. Not every, you know, not everybody is as strong as the next person. Some people might not be able to get through it by themselves. Some people are going to need somebody in their corner, whether it be a family member, a friend, a sibling, auntie, uncle or a professional therapist, psych- psychologist, some is needed sometimes. So I encourage people, go seek, go seek therapy. Go talk to somebody because you might not understand fully what's going on with you, but somebody else will, and they can help you out of that dark place that you're in. Right. Um, real quick before you say something, um, I want to say you are 100% correct. Uh, and that's something I wish I would have learned like so many years ago. Like talking to people is not a weakness. It doesn't make you weak to talk to people and just try to get help. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it would literally take that one person to say something that just clicks. And when it clicks, it can literally change your entire life at that point. Yes. And that's what happened to me. Uh, not it wouldn't it wasn't one person for me, but it was uh, like a couple of people that would just tell me some shit to like really get me on the right path. Right. And when they did that, like. I'm like, man, everybody really keeps saying this shit. So it must be like, that must be really how it is. So at that moment, I'm like, man, okay. I'm definitely turning my life around at this point. You know, I need to, like, this is where I want to be. And I just have to put in that work to get there. And sometimes that means just talking to people. Sometimes that means just laying shit out. You know what I'm saying? Talking to people helps. It helps Mm -hmm. a lot. Like, you get a lot of stuff off your chest, off your mind, and you you can sit in a room and cry in the dark if you want to, 
you can, you know, really stress however you want to. Mm-hmm. But nothing for, in my opinion, like nothing is greater than talking to somebody. Nothing right. is greater than, you know, letting it out like verbally. Nothing is greater than that for me personally. Right. Because like, once you let it out, you literally feel everything just lift off your shoulders. Mm. Facts. I feel that. Facts. That's why I say sustaining your mental health is so important. It is so important. Because it'll get you through life. It'll get you through your business. It'll help you in so many areas of your life. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people really understand that, though. They don't. Oh, one more thing real quick. Um, <coughs> my bad. <laughs> to keep cutting nah, you off. But, no, uh, it's funny. I was just about to go do this. That's it. But Continue. Um, I talk a lot. It's okay. So, um, for all of y'all that do need or want help, don't feel like you're forced to go to a therapist. Personally, I, I I went to two therapists in my, oh, two, three. I went to three therapists in my entire life. None of them did shit for me. I ain't gonna lie. So I completely just said, fuck therapists. That's me. And the people I use as therapists are my friends because they're smart. Yeah. Right. They're intelligent people that have also been through the same shit that I've been through. So I feel like it makes more sense to talk to them. And also, I don't have a time limit. That's the most important thing Mm -hmm. because I know for some people when they go to therapy, they feel like they have a time limit because they do. It'll be like an hour around that, right? Around an hour of uh, trying to get your shit on. And usually the first couple sessions is just introductory shit. You trying to tell them like, hey, this is is the shit that's on my mind. This is me here. And then they write all this shit down and it'll take a couple of sessions for you to really start talking about some important shit. Yeah. At that, you know how much money that shit costs. Oh yeah, that costs some fucking money. <laughs> yeah, I could. It's free ninety nine to fucking talk to my friends. That's you know right. what I'm saying? So I do that. Now, if you ain't got friends, or if you don't have friends that's like as uh, thoughtful as say mine are, then um, I feel like there are certain areas online that you could go to actually talk to people. If not, maybe a therapist, your family members. Somebody that you feel the most comfortable with, even if it is people online. Mm-hmm. I feel like any sort of like just conversation helps a lot. Laying shit out flat like, man, this is how I feel. And I don't want to feel like this anymore. It's so important. It really is. Um, some people that you may be able to reach out to if you have those people in your life that are. They're considered I think they're considered counselors really but some people go to them for therapy is your pastors your ministers if you're in church and if you are religious um some of those people they're actually considered licensed since they're a licensed pastor or priest something like that um so those are a couple uh titles that you can go to for therapy even if you even if you don't like you said talk to a friend um Get on Google and search up therapy, um, therapist around you. It's it's not hard to find one, but I really encourage everyone that's you know going through a mental battle right now to get some help or at least seek some help to help you get better. Right. Yeah. So 
Shit, since we saying this, I feel like I might as well just go ahead and say that. Anybody feel like they have any issues with something like that? That what is it called? Better help. There's an app called Better Help where you can get a, a cheap and affordable uh uh what is it called? Therapist. therapist, yeah, jeez, I forgot the word therapist. Um, <laughs> you can get a therapist for very cheap, or actually, some of them do it for free. Also, if you feel like you can't even afford that, call the number eight eight zero zero two seven three eight two five five. If you need some help, just go ahead and rewind this and call that number. Uh, download the the app Better Hills. We just talking about them. I would just put that in there for y'all, you know. Yes. But nice. I want to say this one thing though. I know I made a statement saying that you you know you're not feeling right, so you'll you know you're a little messed up when you're feeling depressed. But understand. It's nothing wrong with that. At the end of the day, you, you're not a fucking mechanic. Your car gets fucked up. What you doing? You giving that bitch to somebody who know what they doing to help you fix it. Your house, your wall fall down. You're not about to really try to fix it yourself. You know you need help. Understand that you need help and don't think that, you know, you should do it on your own for some pride for a reason. You know, people are there to help and we have professionals for every other avenue. So look at this one the exact same. That's really what I want to say about that. Nice. <clears throat> you know. Um, I like that analogy. That was good. Yeah, some people feel like when they go for help, they weak, especially in the military. They kind of, yes. they kind of tell you to get help, but then they kind of yes. shit on you because you need help. Yes, I'm like that's kind of fucked up. And I said that before. I I believe that even if you haven't gone overseas, but mainly the people that have been overseas at war and combat, you know, anything that they should make it mandatory for them to go. S- go to therapy because they suffer from so much PTSD and some people, they don't get right after they come back. You know, the they go to drugs. <laughs> they, they either do. turn to drugs. They wind up homeless. I mm. can't count how many homeless veteran signs I see throughout the day, throughout the week period that. So I believe that they should make it mandatory for soldiers coming back home from overseas to go to therapy so they mm. can become stronger mentally. Yeah. I, I think have. that's fucking ridiculous, by the what way. What do you mean? Right. I feel like like this shit pisses me off. I'm not even in the military, but it pisses me off that somebody literally serves this country for so long yep. and they come back and they're fucking homeless. That shit pisses me off. Yep. Like, how the fuck you give that much of yourself to your country yes. and you get nothing out of it? That's fucked up. Hmm. I feel that. that. That That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty fucked up. Mm. But... <laughs> But I, I will say this one thing, because mm-hmm. I, I don't like to do things in indefinitely most times. And to be honest, a lot of these people, for one, bullshit. And two, a lot of these veterans, like, I'd say got out a while ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I, I think I, I want to help people a lot. So I talk to people a lot. And a lot of, like, quote, unquote, homeless vets that I've talked to were in the got out in 1990. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Lived a full life and fucked up then. You know, right, right. Because it's something that's a that's a thought process that I had for so long that the military fucks us over. I, I will say, yeah. them bitches do kind of be like, if you guys need help, talk to this person. Bitch, you talk to them for it. <laughs> they be like, oh, so you really went and talk to them? Wow, and just walk off. And then sometimes, you. if you do go talk to them, your business is literally spread around everybody. For every fucking body, man. I ain't even gonna get into that. But anyway. <laughs> Fucking damn! Where I was going with that? I got mad for the thing I thought about <laughs> right after you said that. That quick, they kind of they kind of bullshitted me so bad. Saying motherfucker asked me a question, and I answered the question truthfully, just talking, and them bitches put it on my goddamn. I didn't even know we was talking like this, a, a, like passing in the hallway type shit. Mm-hmm. We had a random conversation. This bitch ass motherfucker put me in for like a suicidal shit. I'm like, what? I got a call one day. They talking about so how's your therapy going? Therapy. I'm confused. I'm like, what the fuck you talking about? 
<laughs> you talking about that the drug? Pro- no, no, no. You you were put in for suicidal thoughts and blah. I'm like, bitch, I ain't even say that. What the fuck? I wouldn't even close. It fucked me up. Cause I'm like, I know some motherfuckers walk around here threatening to kill themselves right now. Oh, yeah. And these bitches don't get a call, man. What the fuck? But I digress. Um, so everybody ignore what I just said. That never happened. But <laughs> the the crazy thing is, a lot of these people that cl- that say to be homeless vets, I really do think they do it for sympathy. Cause these motherfuckers be capping, so I'm sorry. Yeah, like they be it be a 50 year old motherfucking digital cam. Bitch, digital cam just came out in the 2000s. Like your ass was in the <laughs> army in 1946. Old ass, like, come on, man, be doing too much. Because, but they really have so many programs to help people nowadays. It's fucking ridiculous. Mm. Like mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Like when I really look into the programs they have to help you, all you gotta do is take advantage of it. I'm sorry. Like that's fact. The military will fucking help you. I ain't, I ain't gonna say that part But the military help you get through a lot of crazy shit But I feel like some of these people are abusing The old stuff that used to happen Like remember yeah. when they letting vets die and shit mm. Back in the early 2000s People mm-hmm. still have that mindset that it's still going on Not saying it's not But I don't think it's as bad as it used to be Like it's really easy to get like benefits from the military If you've been in And a lot of these motherfuckers Don't even serve long enough to be considered veterans That's the fucked up part fair. I, I served in the army three years and I'm a vet <laughs> Yeah, I got a splinter in Afghanistan. <laughs> it was hard to get out. I had to use a camel tooth. <laughs> was... All right, hold up. I'm about to derail the shit out of this from mental health. Bruh, tell me a fucking story someone told you from them being overseas that you fucking knew was a lie. That you knew they was lying. You ain't never had nobody come back. I killed three Afghanistanis with a spoon. <laughs> got a motherfucker with a dip in his mouth. Woke up drunk and energy drinking. Went to town, boy. They got niggas who really be acting like they rangers or some shit. They be cutting up. Man, I think, I think one, and you, this one was, you can clearly, man, you can clearly tell that man was not in his right mind and he okay. was on something. Um, he said he was a vet, and his people, they they said that yeah he was a vet, but he's not in his right mind. So they, that's why it gave us the um. Confirmation that what he was saying wasn't true. Right. Um, he was like, "Yeah, I went overseas. I was I was a sniper." He said he was a sniper, and um, that he was looking for some enemy. I don't know what country. I didn't oh, care. Okay. So he about to say something um, fucked up. Man. He was hiding out. He was hiding out for like almost two weeks, looking two weeks. for the enemy, um, and then. He was in the grass, and they came with machetes, chopping the grass down and stuff. And he just came up and just killed whoever was right there. But Jesus, his people was like, "Please excuse him. He's not in the right mind right now." And I was like, "Yeah, I could tell." <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I think that was the weirdest one. Yeah. And then they had one that, um, well, he didn't really like give us a story. He just came up and he yanked. Um, one of the one of my battles, thing tape off. He was like, "You look fucked up." What that? I want. See, go ahead and do that. I'm gonna jab the fuck out you. Go ahead, touch me, bitch. I'm a yeah. Like he just came up to to him and just touched his uniform and was like, "You look fucked up. What the fuck is wrong with you?" And we're just looking like, "Dude, can you please move before we have to do <laughs> Damn, something?" Damn, do your ass some. Go special forces on you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck be happening to them to fuck them up that bad, but. Well, nah. fucked up, man. I've heard some people now, um, I have an older brother. He met someone that's been to Afghanistan and Iraq. Mm-hmm. 
um, he said that he got out because mentally he really couldn't take it. He remembers that one day while he was in Iraq that uh, he was talking to the little boy. They was having a good conversation. The little boy was excited to see a soldier, Mm -hmm. an American soldier. Right. Uh, Then, you know, a few days later, he was in the tank and he looked out the window of the tank and saw that same little boy blow up in his face. He had Ooh, a he had yeah. a bomb attached to him, damn. and the boy just blew up in his face. Oh, so I think up. that has a lot to do with it. Um, I've heard of people saying that they see what the military actually do as in like killing the wrong people or like literally killing every any and everything in sight, destroying this, destroying that, not mm-hmm. taking care of the soldiers and stuff. And a lot of them went crazy, mm-hmm. um, for lack of a better word. And they couldn't come back from it. Like, they saw things that they couldn't unsee. And now that's all they see. Right. Mm. Now, now some people aren't mentally strong enough to go into the military and to go overseas and Mm. see that kind of stuff. Um, You know, but some people, they were like, just brush it off. Because that's really what they're taught to do, just brush it off and go on about it. Mm. And it's a sad truth, but... They sometimes they don't have a cho- they really don't have a choice but to brush it off and go on about it. And right. they're given the choice of getting help when they get back home. They're given the choice, but I believe it, that it should be mandatory to go get some help. Yeah, I feel like giving people the choice because you know what, what the fuck we yeah. how they so so how they how they do it is literally we get on a computer and the computer asks us questions. Right. So if you tell the computer, yeah, I'm good. No, I'm good. No, I, ne- I never thought about killing myself. Oh, I never thought about this. Oh, I never. What fucking person that's struggling with the choice of, you know, getting help would be honest? And I'm going to be real and look at it from both sides. Honestly speaking, if an entire battalion or entire company gets deployed, how many people do you really think they have to, like, cycle them through and honestly give them a real mental evaluation? Like, I, I looking at it from both sides, I understand they should spend the money to do it, mm-hmm. but it's not realistic. It's not. Because it's too many of us. It's too many people going through. Well, not us. I haven't been deployed, but people who going will come back. It's too many fucking people. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I don't even know the number. There's a lot of people coming back all at once, and they go to the same bases. So you got hundreds, thousands of people coming back and then going out, coming back, going out daily. So you, it's not feasible to be able to individually Check all these people. God, I keep hitting the thing. So I understand that part, but I still do feel like they should try a little bit. Yeah, I, I believe they should enough, try. You know? Like, that's a person. What do what they call those things where alcoholics go to and they sit in a circle? Hey, yeah. <sighs> alcoholics. They made me do that. Yeah. <laughs> do something like that and, you know, get in a group, talk amongst yourself. And, I spelled hey, the name wrong, but you know who I'm talking about. There's people in our unit that need to fucking do that. Hold up. There's people in the unit that really they got me with the bitch and I was joking. But there's people in the unit that really need to fucking watch how much they drink and shit. And it's crazy that them motherfuckers have never had to go to those. That's yeah. Wild. And not just him, almost all of them. Yeah, like I, and I've I see that and a lot of you know, you hear some soldiers be like, "Oh, we get we drink a lie will do it. They're not lying. They are not lying. Some of them drink too much to yeah. where it becomes a problem. 
and I've seen, I've literally been with a sergeant go to the gas station, not from our unit or anything. Oh, of course not. It's no. just a random sergeant. That oh, of course, with. yeah. Um, but went to the gas station. We um, got some chips because it was lunchtime. It was already late. Um, and he went in and got a twisted iced tea, popped it open, started drinking them. Like, and went to work like nothing ever happened. And motherfuckers be stressed, and we be like, I ain't doing this shit today. And you can smell it through his pores that he drinks a lot. God damn. That shit starts to become a habit. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Y'all should be like, drinking it. In the right. Oh, back to the computer thing y'all were talking about. That's yeah, basically about how the fuck they do at, like, jobs and shit, huh? Yep. Like, yeah. whenever you're applying for a job, they ask the same question. Like, what the fuck you want me to say? Yeah, like, yeah I thought about I'm killing myself in the bathroom five minutes ago. Yeah, you right. Yeah, I need this like, job, oh, yeah. but I'm going to tell you. I'm right. on all these drugs right here. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> I'm fucking dead. Oh, man. I just believe it's really just, it's really rigged for you to kind of fail in a way. Right. It, Honestly, like, yeah. No matter how you go to it, I just believe some way it's set up for you to fail because they don't want you to just get better. I'm. Man, I can't say that. I don't think they don't want you to get better as far as the military goes. I actually think they are genuinely here to help us, but I feel like the avenues of how they think it's yeah. going to work mm. is like, come on, it's man. It's just not. It's not feasible. But hold up. Let's let's jump off that statement because we signed papers and stuff, remember? Anyway, in case this gets to the wrong person. But let's go back to the previous topic, though. When it's like the soldiers talking about y'all was in the bushes and motherfucker cut machetes. Y'all would know something so fucked. By the way, I have a lot of random shit in my head. So in 1945, what war was going on? What war just ended? World War II. World War II. So it was the United States, Japan, Germany. All of them. So motherfucker, there was a motherfucking soldier that surrendered in motherfucking 1979. This nigga was on an island for 29 years waiting for America to come. This nigga did not give up his post for 29 years. Bitch, if that was me, I'd have left in three months. I swear to God, you would have had me fucked up. I wouldn't know. For no, 29 years, they found this nigga in an encampment. This nigga that made a whole encampment on a fucking island by himself. By him motherfucking self. This dude did not give up until 1979 when the Japanese. Back your ass up. Uh, it's not your podcast. Get out of here. Get out of here, guy. He's not the only one. There was several, but he was the longest. Literally, numerous Japanese like they they were serious. Yeah, you might. The whole emphasis of being a Japanese fighter in World War II meant that it doesn't matter what happens, you keep going. Right. Because the entire country, of the only reason why Japan was even fighting against everybody was because they, they had that, you know, that, that I guess, like, they kind of aligned themselves. You son of a... Oh, all right. But they aligned themselves with the German ideology of, like, you know, fighting back because they felt that, you know, all the white people were, like, taking over, you know, Asia and everything. And they, so, you know, they put their dick into China to let China know, hey, fuck you guys. We've been this this island for a minute, but we can show you how to beat your ass. I'm going to take this from you. Nah, get away from me. <laughs> so, the, hold up. So, they... Let me... Hold up. Hold up. Let, get out. I got it. Get the fuck out. My bad. I'm yelling in the mic. Get the fuck out. Bro. That's why I admire Japan because the entire 
Nah, seriously, don't hit the table, though. Nobody can do that but Japan. That's the only country to do it. The only country to be solidified in one. I'm not going to lie. You saying some real shit, but you really sound like the crazy nigga that just don't want to shut the fuck up. God, fuck you. You just interject. I don't interject in your podcast. You bitch. Anyway. This is our next guest up. He's been an impatient asshole. Shut up, Josh. Jesus. Anyway, he just derailed the whole fucking thing just now. Jesus. Shut the fuck up. Anyway, so this, so he's not lying though. Japan was so fucking crazy when it came to fighting. When he said Japan uh, figuratively stuck their dick in China, that was also literal. Actually, y'all ever heard of the rape of Nam King? Shut the fuck up, Josh. Oh my god, I hate this fucking guy. Son. What? I, I feel like I'm arguing with my little brother right now, son. What the fuck? He's been quiet this whole time. This whole time. You got him started, bro. I got him started. I guess shit. It's my fault. Jesus. But anyway, you guys ever heard the rape of Nan King? So it's gonna sound kind of crazy since you never heard it. Did you know who you think was the worst the worst country in World War Two? You'd say Germany, right? They was, like, fucking over Jews and all that shit. My dude, if you ever look at what the fucking Japanese did, you'd be surprised. That's the reason why most of Asia hates Japan. And it's actually, like, kind of insane how good they did during the war. They literally took over most, uh, not going to say most, but a decent bit of China. Took over Korea, Vietnam, Laos. Fuck, they took over everything, even parts of fucking Russia. Japan, that small island nation, took over Almost all that shit, brutally, I might add. There's beheading motherfuckers, raping women in the streets, doing all type of crazy shit. Japan was on some, on some uh, less than savory stuff. I think it's honestly mostly back then. It's not that they were more physically intimidating or anything like that. I think it's more just like a brutality thing. Like they were willing to do shit that other countries were not willing to do. Except for Germany. Germany was on some weird shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. Them niggas like literally had meth bubble gum. They gave their soldiers meth bubble gum to rush. You, how you think Germany's small ass country took over most of Europe? <laughs> them niggas was on meth. I'm not even joking. Like they literally put that in them dudes' rations and they would spaz out and go days pushing through countries like doing crazy shit, eating like meth gum, like that ass. And they That's thought that wild. shit was normal. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Random statements, guys. Sorry, I can't. It was this. I had a point for this until Josh jumped in and said something. Honestly, but I'm gonna fuck your podcast up after this. I swear. I'm. A, I'm sorry, guys. Anyway, do you guys have something else you guys want to ask or bring up? Because now my whole point is gone. Honestly, I'm gonna wait till you guys go and then I have something. Jesus Christ. Maybe you should go first. Yeah. Oh uh, well, it was more. See, of you a, ruined our guest, Josh. See what you, you did, know, bitch. More of a like. Kind of finishing things, so I'm gonna let y'all go first. Um, I don't know. See, um, Josh, you motherfucker, <laughs> you just you ruin stuff. How how important? Like, what's the level of importance of being prepared? Like for you guys, like being being prepared. How important is that for you guys? For what you guys do? In what situation or in general? In general. So I think that preparedness for me has a very um 
nuance of space in my mind because, again, I said this on the last podcast, but this actually kind of pushed my mind to a very weird space. So I grew up uptown in the 11 walk off 6 and six and Chippewa, actually. Nope, 6 and Annunciation, I'm digging. But I lived in a lower... I lived in a lower garden district, uptown New Orleans, right? So for most of my life, I lived up there. So here's the problem. So years ago, like I want to, I, I want to say like 2009, 2010, this cab driver was shot in the back of the head outside of this pub that we used to frequent when I was a kid. So in New Orleans, if you guys, I, I know you guys from like other cities and stuff, but did you guys have those bars where kids can go to, but you'd have to go around to like the back? They'd have like a, a window. So in New Orleans, there used to be a thing. Like they have like a window they open up, and as a kid, you could buy whatever, not liquor, but you can buy chips, Cokes, whatever they got, sandwiches, blah, blah, blah. But you can't come in. So we'd frequent, we'd frequent this bar so much, getting Cokes for 25 cents. So I'd say, damn, I feel old because you got Cokes for 25 cents. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, so we freaking up, blah, blah, blah. So outside this bar, this cab driver we used to always see one day was just sitting in his car, and everybody was just thinking, oh, he's about to come in. We, I wasn't there. I was playing basketball, like, I want to say a half a block away on the same street. So, uh, we playing ball. We playing ball. And we just see this fucking black guy just walk up. Like, he walking the street. You ever seen somebody and look the look in the eye like, fuck, I just did some shit. Like, he looking, staring at us, holding his waistband, just walking up the street like a zombie low key. Like, fuck. He walking. He walking. So, this fucking guy... Was the black was the motherfucker who shot and killed the um the, the taxi, taxi driver. driver? Yeah, so because we remember his face and we saw him got caught. On, well, not caught when they had the description of the guy because it's a fucking bar, so they had cameras all over the place. Yeah. So they got a really good clear look at the dude's face because he got out, was in a bar, all type of shit. Because he was supposed to pay the guy his weight, his fare, and the dude was say the dude was like, "Oh, I let you out here," because he was trying to. I think he was trying to go to Washington Avenue. It was like a block away. So to get a good fare, the guy stopped at the bar that the taxi driver frequent, and he, the guy frequented the bar too apparently. So his dumbass was always in the bar. So obviously they had a lot of video of him. I digress. Anyway, so this fucking guy kills his taxi driver, walks literally walks a fucking way, and we see this guy walk past us. We kids playing basketball in the parking lot. Now, just to add to the story, the guy who let us play in this parking lot, he owned three houses on this on his uh big lot. White guy, cool as fuck, cool as fuck, coolest white dude I ever met in my life. It was him. There's a white guy who lived across the street from us, uh, and everybody else in my family was black, obviously. But there's cool white guys around the neighborhood. We got pushed off the street because this black woman called the police on us several times through we were playing basketball in the street because we we actively decided not to go back to the park because they kept having shootouts and shit at the park all the time. But this black woman pushed us off the fucking street because she felt like it. Um, what she said? She said something fucked up, but essentially it made the neighborhood look bad. So she didn't want us in a, in her way, even though she lived like eight houses down. Right. Like the bitch went out of her way to drive close to the, to, like you ever put the basketball uh, goal like on a corner? Yeah. We right there. This bitch turning all on the corner, damn there, to be like y'all in the way, calling the police on us instead of just driving around us. Oh, cause we off the street. We're not even on the street. The bitch is making problems. All right, going a little too far in the story. Anyway. So, for the preparedness thing, so as this happened, this is the Lower Garden District. So, this is the Irish Channel, and everybody know Irish people, white people. So, the problem that happened, this neighborhood used to be strictly for white people, and no blacks could ever live there. And 
obviously within like the last 30, 40 years, that didn't fucking change. So there was a skinhead organization that was still based in the lower Irish, district, Irish town. So they started passing out flyers about how we can get the black menace out of our neighborhood. These black people are poisoning our streets. These black people are doing this, da 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 And they're doing all this shit. You know what I'm saying? So the white guy who let us play in his uh, parking lot literally fist fighting with these niggas because they're over there passing shit out while we playing ball, letting by the, by the thing. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that was my, I think, I think that was my first experience with like racism on some shit because they was literally trying to get all on some old school shit, trying to get all black people to fuck out the neighborhood type right. shit. So when I was a kid, my uncle went to prison like a little bit right after that. He left his weight, his weight set in the backyard and he left buku guns at my mom's house. So me and my friends took the guns we we getting ready to go to with these little with these white with these grown ass white men. When this bitch lifting weights all day every fucking day. When this bitch like we just ready for a stupid shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm like damn. But so that's why I say like preparedness like has a weird space in my mind because from that experience that I had, I became so prepared for something that was so fucking negative that it just fucked my my life up for like a year. Like I'm living my life in fear, waiting for these skinheads to try to stab me. All type of crazy shit because I'm black. I prepared for something so fucked up that it was like I couldn't enjoy myself. Like how I said, don't wait for the perfect time type shit. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really waiting. Well, I guess for the perfect time, but the wrong fucking time. So I'm waiting for this shit. I'm watching. I'm on YouTube watching skinhead videos, how they operate, how they look, tattoos. That are, I mean, it's been like I'm, I'm investigating these niggas like I'm trying to find a Loch Ness monster or some shit. So I became overly prepared for that. And it kind of fucked me up a good bit. So, it's, it's, I know it's not what you want to hear, but that's just what came to my mind when you say preparedness. Because right. it's a really, I want to make the statement, it's a really fucking dope thing to do. Because not being prepared for anything, bad shit can happen to you. Like, say, if I was to get jumped by the young skinhead motherfuckers, if I wasn't ready to stab, shoot, swing, you know, be ready physically, I got fucked over. So, I understand there is a positive to being prepared, because you need to be prepared for anything that you do. But I just say, watch how much you... Prepare for certain shit because a lot of times it's just not good. Just not a good thing. This month. <laughs> oh, that's 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 what my asked you about preparing. This. No, I know, you but that's what popped in my head. Story. That went through my novel. head. It was a novel that you just told. Me. Hey, fuck you, man. That's what went through my. Head. I'm sorry. That's what went through my <laughs> fucking head. God damn it. Preparedness became a negative thing for me because every mm. time, most times in my life, I prepare for shit. I I did not prepare for good shit, Loki. I do mm. want to say preparing for. Positive shit is really good, but you should watch that because what you think you should prepare for sometimes, a little bit fucking crazy. You should probably chill the fuck out, look. Like niggas who worry about the end of the world every fucking day. Like you should probably chill out right. and enjoy your life. That's that's kind of what I preach a lot. Enjoy life now. Yeah. But anyway, what you? was the sorry? What was the question again? If you took too long, my best. Don't shut the fuck up. My bad. Um, what does it mean to you, like, to be prepared, like? What standard do you hold preparation up to? What standard do I hold preparation? Clearly not a lot. These mics wouldn't fucking working early. <laughs> oh, so back when I was ten years old, nah, I ain't gonna do. I ain't gonna do. He ain't even wanna tell an old story. <laughs> nah, go ahead, son. Nah, nah, I was playing. I was playing. No, but uh, uh, to be prepared, uh, personally for me, uh, I don't like to be too prepared. If, if that makes sense, like I feel like I'm. I'm somewhat of a spontaneous type of guy. I like things to just come naturally, personally. I think it's very stupid to not be prepared at all because yeah. then 
you know, you get situations like our first couple podcasts where it was just horrible, you know. But once we started preparing and we started, you know, uh, actually, you know, having a couple questions in our head and shit, like uh, the type of person we have on, okay, we'll have a questions related to him in our mind, basically. That's being somewhat prepared, right? But for the most part, um, we just kind of let things ride. And I think that's important to not have everything completely prepared, but to expect things to go a certain way. Kind of like how you expected the worst. I was about to say, it's wow, you going to talk like shit about me. And that kind of... But that's important, though. Yeah. I feel like expecting the worst is better than expecting the best. Right. Personally, because you can prepare for the worst. I agree. Yeah, that's me. I feel that, bro. Bitch, yeah, I'm just kidding. Um, what y'all think about preparedness? Yeah. Like he said, like, being prepared for the worst is sometimes the better decision. Um... I was just saying, like in my case, if I'm getting prepared to do a pop-up shop, you know, sell some product or anything, um, you, I kind of always think, okay, what if I don't sell? Like, what if I don't do this? What if I don't do that? Although I don't like thinking in a negative mindset of what might happen or what might not happen. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm all, I kind of always prepare myself around those thoughts to right. be like, okay, if this happens, I have this to back me up. If this happens, I'm going to do this to gain something back from it. Mm. Um, so being prepared for the worst is sometimes the best option. Um, but being, being prepared in all is very important. Because mm. if you're not prepared, then... The, if you're not prepared for something things, will, it, things like, you won't expect will just hit you out of nowhere so right it, it's true it's kind of like if you it, this doesn't pertain to everybody but if you don't study for a test and like you just go in and winging it you can end up filling the entire class like I said that doesn't Go to everybody because some people can just go take a test without studying. This man shaking his head. <laughs> I go in that bitch and pass. Forget somebody. And I say I, I never studied for my test. So. Yeah, you know me yeah, either. I, I didn't. So. Study. I didn't either. I but not. somebody <gasps> needed that. Oh my god, twinsies. Oh my god, guys. <laughs> I think preparation is. Um, I prepare to a certain extent. I prepare to a degree. I, I knock out all the pillars, things that you know are concrete, mandatory. Things that are very common amongst all categories of life. I prepare for those things. But I also allow, like you said, uh, spontaneity, right? Mm-hmm. I allow the experience. Preparing too much is um, is almost like uh, predicting the outcome. Yeah. And it's just that, a prediction. Mm-hmm. Very you know what I mean? Right. It, it, so it, it's, I prepare to a degree. I, I kill the, okay, I know I'm going to need this. Let me get that ready. I know mm-hmm. for a fact I'm going to need this. I'm going to I'm going to get that ready. Everything else, surrender to the experience so that you can enjoy the actual experience with joy, spontaneity, some surprises. You have something to um, be excited about. If you know exactly what's going to happen, exactly what's going to happen, how mundane is that? You know what I mean? Exactly. So I... I, I prepare to a degree, but I also allow that experience, and I've uh, learned to be alive in the moment. Okay, That's man. We've been um, talking a lot about like personal experiences and stuff like that, and business and all that. But I have a serious question, actually. What do y'all yes. think? Um, 
how do y'all what do y'all think is the trajectory of America in like the last next ten years? Because this country is, is getting very very unstable when it comes to like almost everything. Like I've I've never like I'm not gonna say I research research countries mm-hmm. like in modern time a lot, but I don't think I've ever seen a country that's been so divided from everything when it comes to sexuality, religion, political yeah. ideology, and just ideological differences. Like this country is like divided on a lot, not just one thing. It's like a lot. Yeah. Like, what do y'all think? Like, how do y'all feel like America is is like what? Where are we going? Type, you know. My perception of the United States of America. Oh, he shook his head when he said, I never let y'all know that America would shake his head on that one. I'm going to, in current state, we are divided, obviously. I do, I want to acknowledge the progression. First, I'm going to start on positive. Mm-hmm. I'm going to acknowledge the progression. We as a community, black people are on the rise. We have, we are more consciously collective ha- than we have ever been. Ever. We are more consciously awaken as a whole that we have ever been and that is a great start that is a great start so I have high hopes in that regard the division um, because the opponents are still so very powerful Mm -hmm. um, it's still a great fight you know what I mean it's still we can't let up there's no there's no, okay, we can take our foot off the accelerator now. Do we, we have to actually push it a little bit harder. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? To keep that speed, keep this momentum, keep the, the talks, the perspectives, keep the um, awakening going. We have to keep our foot on the accelerator for sure. However, we are still going no matter the speed. I like mm-hmm. to be, keep it positive. It could be two miles per hour, but we are moving forward in a great direction for okay. sure. Okay, I feel that. Um. Yeah, I feel that. And I, I personally, I just don't agree with the fact that we like together more than ever, Loki. I actually feel like we're more divided than we've Loki ever been. No, no, no. I said consciously. What you mean? Consciously, the consciousness of people are like the stay woke theme, right? We are consciously more awakened than we've ever been. No, I agree. Yeah, like yeah, ever been. Like there's, you know, the five, the one percent, the five percent. People talking about spirituality. Everybody was religious. You right, have one percent right. of people who were conscious. So because we're more consciously awakened, mm-hmm. that allowed us to move forward. Now people are starting to right. see the discrepancies, the mishaps, and all of the marginalized um, people. And uh, people are awakening to what was actually happening more now than ever in life. All right, bet. I and just, that's a great I, start, I think. I kind of just needed you to like expound upon a little more. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, people are consciously more awakened. I was thinking when you said that, I was wondering if you meant more like uh, like generally. Like, um, oh, shit, it's still together. a great fight. Yeah, because right now I feel like we can't do no, we, we couldn't do anything like they did back in Rosa Parks days. We tell of black course. people to start riding the bus right now and they go spit in your fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Shut the fuck Oh, yeah. In your oh, face, yeah. You know? But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I feel like the message is out there a lot more. People are more consciously aware of what's going on and, like, how the how things are happening. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah, said yeah. that. I'm about to try to go into yeah. that. But, yeah, I agree with that. And I think it's more to do because of the internet and stuff. But I, I digress. Absolutely. For sure. Uh, what you got? Repeat the question. What do you – what do you – how do you <laughs> – how do you think America's going in the next couple of years? Like, how do you feel about, like, where we're going and how we are so divided in so many different ways – I didn't feel like saying it the same way the first time. Right. Um, 
like he said, if we just keep our you know foot on the accelerator, we we can go far. But it's the it's something that we have to acknowledge as a whole that um, we have to accept reality for what it is. Whether mm-hmm. it's uh, you disagree with somebody's beliefs, uh, sexuality, their skin color, or anything, it, but the reality is we're all human. We're all or or may I say we're having a human experience. Oh, he pulled the Christian. Okay. Um so it's, oh, but it's, it's just a guy a thing. named Christian, not the religion. <laughs> not the religion. <laughs> I just gotta I gotta agree with him. Being human is a lie. I just gotta tell y'all. It's okay. It's okay though. But once we accept reality for what it is, we can go much further. We can go to the stars and beyond with mm. each other. As as a country in full, right. But if I we agree. choose not to and just stay divided, the the whole country is going to end up underwater. I agree. That's facts, man. I agree with that. Hundred percent. I don't. I I get the point of profit, low key, but I low key feel like people should really think about how we are as a whole and not just mm-hmm. you know their. Pro- I can say that now as the guys at the bottom, honestly. <laughs> But if I get rich and shit, I don't know how I'm going re- to I'm, I'm going to be honest. We got to be real. Right now, I believe it's something different because we don't got a big piece of the pie. But I feel like some guys have so much that helping a decent amount of Americans or just people around the world wouldn't even fucking matter. Like, I forgot who did this calculation, but it was some shit on CNN. Motherfuckers like, it takes X amount of money to stop uh, this entire portion of Africa for not having water, and it's one fucking person could do it if they wanted to, financially. Well, just, I ain't about, but they could do it financially. And they'd be like, and the people are like, well, I could never do it. This, motherfucker bait me, but yeah. But so, but this is interesting to me how greedy we are as people sometimes because one human being could stop in a damn near an entire country for hurting or having a struggle, walk miles for fucking fresh water to, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just crazy to me that we do that. Like, that some companies could literally get free electricity to places, yes. but they choose not to because why would I do that? Capital. I'm pretty sure you would be in a better place if, and it sounds a little kind of crazy to say this, but like, if most of the country has an allegiance to you because you helped them versus just saying fuck them and throw them to the wayside. You know what I'm saying? That's wild to me, but that's weird. But that's really all I had to say about that. Y'all wait for me to keep going. <laughs> Everybody like this nigga. This nigga about to say something. Nah, I'm not. Oh, everybody quiet now. Uh, <laughs> I feel pretty much the same when it comes to the trajectory of America. Um, yeah. I feel like we're in a, uh, like how you said, we're, we're, we're making steps forward, even though if it's literally a mile per hour, we're making, we're making progress. Um, I think it's, to me, it's way better than it was back uh, in, say, even the Civil War era. Like, it's way better than then. Yeah. Like, obviously, there's still a lot of divide, but it's more of a political thing instead of, like, being, like, like legit, we have differences. It's more of just, like, this is our political stance. This is yours. We can't mix. Like, if people actually, like, stop worrying about that so much, people would come together much more than they realize, personally. Um, but off of that, uh, I want to low key start wrapping it up a little bit. 
right. I do. I have one more question to oh, ask oh, everyone. Hold in on. Here. Let, let me say something about that last thing to ask that question. Go ahead, go ahead. I just want to say this. I, I lo- thinking about it, I actually don't think that we're like getting better personally. I actually think we're getting worse, honestly, because I feel like people are getting so entrenched, like entrenching themselves on their personal beliefs that they're attacking and destroying other people mm. just to do it. We've been we're being so evil with each other, it's getting ridiculous. Right, right wing, left wing, Republicans, Democrats, and whatever the fuck you are, people are attacking the shit out of people and getting rid of them because they disagree with them. At this point, I think we're getting worse because public discourse is not becoming a thing anymore. Now if you dis if you upset me, um, offended me, you're gone. I need you to go. You don't need a job. You need like people at this point it's getting worse. Back right. in the day, even when niggas was racist and shit, there was a, a place we can talk type shit. Nowadays, people are trying to stop people from speaking, and I think that's the most dangerous shit you can cancel do. Cancel culture, right? That's, yes. Oh, yeah. That's, I was that's, just thinking that cancel culture. Because if, just say, if I be like, oh, I don't like gay people, yeah. get the fuck off of YouTube, get the fuck off Facebook. Yeah, right. Let's say if homosexual people actually had a, a serious agenda, people say, oh, there's a gay agenda. Let's say they really had one. Do you think not letting them people be able to speak is going to make that better or yeah. uh, make it more... Uh, What's the normalized, word? Normalize, I guess. Huh? Normalize? No, not normalize. That's not the term I'm trying to make. Exactly. Radicalize. Like, if you push something away and not let someone speak, it will become more radicalized. If you let a racist motherfucker sit up there and talk in front of a thousand people and communicate with people, they probably realize they have to, like, the 500 person. All right. This is kind of stupid. I ain't get robbed in this group of black people yet. Like, if you let somebody talk and they have a stupid, like, stance, I ain't going to use the term stupid, but if you have a bad stance, Talking a lot will make you realize. Absolutely. Talk, especially not in the echo chain, will make you realize. All right, maybe I'm just around people that agree with me too much, and this is not the right stance to have. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, I feel like in today's age, that's the problem. We're not letting people talk. We're not even letting people speak their stupid ideas, so they right. don't even see they're stupid. If I have a conspiracy, oh, the black people don't want me to talk, and black people cancel, constantly canceling me, it's like. Oh, I was right. You make people feel like what they have to say is some real shit that people don't agree with. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they're just trying to stop me. So you kind of radicalize people into doing crazier shit because they get taken off like the street corners, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and they go to these websites where real racist motherfuckers are. So now they really getting radicalized and put same way as prison. Like, I'm not trying to get on a prison conversation. I'm just saying like you send a guy who didn't pay 15 parking tickets to prison. He a bitch-ass nigga. He got to join a gang or do something. So now you didn't made him worse putting him in this environment of, um, I don't want to use that term, but in, that, in this fucked up environment. And now you he either breaks or gets built up into something even more evil. That's just what it got to be. So you're worsening people by pushing them into the farthest corners of our society. Right. And I feel like that's why I don't think we're doing too good. I think we're actually, and it's crazy because we have so much technology and so much information, and it's crazy to me that I feel like it's getting worse. Just because people are willfully, they have, people have cognitive, cognitive dissonance at a level that I've never seen before in history. But look at that shit. This is my opinion. That's all I have to say. You can wrap it up now. I just wanted to get that statement out because I felt like today is fucking crazy. I Unless y'all got something to say about that. That's actually very I think there's there's two perspectives. And that's closer. the other that's the other um end of the perspective. That's the other end of the perspective. I think uh, again there's two sides to every story. And I th- I spoke about the positive and that is the negative side of it. Mm-hmm. And they both exist. Absolutely. Big facts.
right. So um, I have one last question to ask everybody. Um, not even a question. So I want y'all to say something positive to everyone who's listening here. I fucking hate this dude. <laughs> I fucking hate it. <laughs> What's wrong with that? No, you didn't hear what he said. You heard what he said? Oh, this one? Oh, yeah, you didn't oh, hear what he said. He's in the background. Eat a dick. That's what he was like, said. I'm like, come on. <laughs> no, I didn't. Wait, you said something? No, I didn't. Oh, I'm going to say I didn't even hear nothing. <laughs> I'm talking about him, not this thing. But go ahead. But go ahead. I would like to tell everybody to follow your dreams, follow your passion. Um, you know, if you don't know what it is, find it. You have something that you're good at. You have something that you're excellent at. You're able to put work into that and build a legacy off of it. Build your legacy. You know, I think a legacy for someone is very important, especially when they have a dream. When you have a dream, you have a legacy. And I want everybody to know that you're able to follow your dreams, that you're able to take the footsteps to going into entrepreneurship, and that you may hit 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 a brick wall here and there but it's your job to run straight through that wall and knock it down run through the next wall knock it down you're gonna have obstacles in your way jump over them don't let anything stop you that's that's what i that's what i wanted to tell everybody all right uh a positive note well i want to say that um to every person, every being, everything in this entire universe begins with you, right? And you could change the trajectory of your life. So when it pertains to you and you're speaking about yourself, make sure that you speak to the highest regard about self. Because everything that you think about yourself is absolutely true. If you say that I just probably can't, or damn, I'm so stupid, I forgot about that. Oh, look at my dumb ass. I, I, I think I... You're absolutely right. So when it pertains to you, speak to the highest regard about yourself. That way you can remain focused on the positive aspects of you. And then that's what will grow because where energy goes, it grows. So make sure when you speak about yourself that you speak to the highest regard and know that you deserve the very best for yourself at all times. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what... I, Know that you deserve, simply because you exist, you deserve the very best version of yourself. Yeah. What you got, B? That was beautiful. I like both, both of y'all statements. B? In terms of um, something positive, uh, I'm going to try to say something different than I said last time. Um, so, man, everybody that's watching this, what I want you to do is get a journal, all right? Get you a – go get a notebook from Dollar General, fucking Walmart or some shit. Uh, I want you to write down every single thing that you feel like you like about yourself, you dislike about yourself, whatever. I want you to make a list of both and just make a comparison. If it's a like – if you have more likes than dislikes, you're on the right track. If you have more dislikes than likes, talk to somebody. You, you know, put put that work in to make sure that it's the other way around. Mm. Like, 
I, I want all of y'all to really like love yourself because that's that's the most important thing ever. Yeah. If you love yourself, you can honestly you you you're not in competition with anyone but yourself. If you like know you can do something, you're gonna be able to do it. Like that's all it is. Like life is a mental battle. It's all mental. And once you master that, you master the world. Honestly. Mm, okay. So today I'm not really gonna do it, but I'm gonna just pick it back off what y'all said because actually what all y'all said is like a key. It's like the key of life. Honestly, remember. You're the architect of your own reality. Inside of every human being, you're your own God. You don't. You're the person that creates what happens in your universe. You take outside forces into your universe, and you make that. You make whatever it is happen to you. The world doesn't happen to you. You allow it to happen. No one can make you mad. You made yourself mad because something you allowed to enter your universe. And that's how you create it. Understand, you're the architect of your own reality. So, like such as I guess said, your words create your reality. So whatever, you're the architect. So everything you say, you give it power. So if you call yourself stupid, if you call yourself dumb, if you call yourself incapable, and if you keep feeling like you're just nothing, you will become nothing because that's your reality. If you have a, like, I'm going off what they said. If you have a list of things that you hate about yourself more than a, the what you can find beautiful about yourself, that's a problem. You bring more to the world than your negative, bro. You're like every, like most people, mostly everyone can bring positivity to this universe and something beautiful. You may feel like you're nothing to everybody, but understand that to somebody, you are something, you are their world, you're their everything. Your universe envelops theirs. So try to make sure if you going to envelop someone's universe, which you do understand you do, Make sure it's as possible, loving, caring, and understanding as you will want the universe around you to be. You know what I'm saying? Don't hate yourself. Don't be bashful. You know what I'm saying? You are beautiful. You are able to do anything you set your mind to. So just do it. And don't worry about it. You feel me? That's, the, that's all I got to say. Right. You spitting, man. So all I need y'all to do is uh plug in y'all. You, whatever business we're gonna do it again whatever business instagram book whatever whatever y'all fucking with plug it in and also just send it to us and we'll put it in the description as well all right gotcha. all right i'm mr aaron joseph or you can call me chef aaron my business is salute to sweets you can follow my business page on instagram at salute to sweets that's salute the number two sweets on instagram and my personal instagram is at mr dot aaron joseph all right, this has been a pleasure. Uh, again, this is Catrell Wayne, C-A-T-R-E-L-L-L-A-W-A-Y-N-E on all platforms. And Silent Song is available on all book platforms. So wherever you get your book, it is available for you. Also, digital copies are available. And again, it's Catrell Wayne, and this has been a pleasure spe- speaking and meeting you guys. Man, I appreciate both of y'all coming on, man. Y'all have actually had a very, I've had a very interesting conversation with y'all so far. This is actually pretty nice. Like I said, y'all definitely are beating <laughs> The other podcast we had to get rid of. This is fucking dope. Nice. Absolutely. Y'all blew it out the water. It's nice. not even close. Thank yeah. you for inviting us on. This was an amazing experience. This was an amazing time. This is my first podcast I've been invited to outside of my own. Oh, oh okay. Oh, okay. Mine too. oh wait, outside plug your podcast too, man. All right, so Connect the Dots is on Anchor as well. Uh, if you ask Alexa to play Catrella Wayne Station, it will also pop up for you. So Connect the Dots is my podcast, so be on the lookout for that. I just uploaded, actually today, two new um, episodes for you guys to so check that out. Oh, bet. there you go. We'll have to link that down there too. It's gonna for be sure. great. Yes, sir. You got any close out? Anything to close out, man? Ooh. 
Well, I was, I just want to thank both of y'all for coming. Honestly, this was an excellent podcast. Nice. You know, I'm not even gonna lie to y'all beforehand. I'm like. Look, we're going to try to cut this somewhat short because <laughs> you did like, say that, too. We've been doing long podcasts. Yeah. So I'm like, we're going to try to make this maybe like an hour and a half. I'm like, man, this conversation is so fucking good. Like, you yeah. know, keep it going. We had three fucking hours. Wow. 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 Like I said, wow. th- matter of fact. I took up about two the, hours of them bitches. Matter of <laughs> fact, they the second period. Other than Josh, they're the only people like. We went three hours with. Yeah, to cut that was That up. means a lot. Up. So, nice. like I said, appreciate <laughs> nice. y'all. And this is season zero, by the way. Once we get season one, we're going to have y'all back. Nice. Anybody nice. we enjoy having this podcast with, we having them back season one. So, nice. yeah, Thank just you. expect greatness at that point. Oh, most definitely. All right, guys. So, it's been a, it's been a joy. Uh, signing out at the Joe's podcast. Well, shit, Joe's and Bad. That's what we know. Joe's and Bad. Man, man, I'm fucking our name up. Jesus. <laughs> All right. All right, bro. See y'all later to the three people. I appreciate y'all for watching. All right. <laughs>